Hello, hello, hello. And this is another episode of Bears Beats and Daily. And uh, pretty, pretty interesting, you know, you know, developments have taken place over the past few days, you know, before we met up here. Uh, for one thing, well, you know, by the time this episode goes out, it'll be, you know, a brand new week. So, yeah, you know, we as far as this quarantine in Trinidad and Tobago, um, we're going to see, like, you know, a little, well, basically phase one of you know, normalcy coming back into the picture. You know? So for one thing, uh, restaurants are going to be back open. You know what I mean? And yeah. uh, we made a joke earlier on that, you know, this, you know, KFC branches all over the country are going to be flooded. Or I should say a lot of people yeah. just going to be headed straight there until they close at 8 o'clock. So, um, yeah, it might be a little pandemonium come um, come this Monday, come, um, come Monday here. Yeah. Uh, also, too, well, this is good news for me. Um, you can actually go out and exercise, you know, Tickle walks yeah. and stuff like that, but just you have to have your mask on. So, yeah, try try running with with them shits on, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah but at, at least at least things are coming back to normal slowly. I know it will take a while, but you know we we, we get to here. So just keep your fingers crossed um, that that things kind of get back to normal for now. Uh, right. But um, at least, well, along with that, do you know what I mean? We had to do some. Rest in peace, shout outs, man. Um, unfortunately, we lost uh, three people last week. Yeah. First up being uh, Roy Horn, aka, well, you know, be one of the yeah. Roy of Secret and Roy basically, you know, passed away. Yeah, the OG. Yeah, 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 Roy Horn, the OG Tiger King, right? <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, the OG Tiger King, indeed, man. Yeah, passed yeah. away due to, due to COVID 19. Yeah, that Rona, yeah. that Rona gets. Yeah, boy, the Rona catch up to him. I was like, geez, yeah. wait, that, that was messed up. Um, along with that, you know, I mean, also Andre Harrell, who was the founder of, well, you know, the, the record label Uptown Records, uh, hip hop heads would know that that record label to be where, you know, Sean, you know, Diddy Combs got his first break as far as, you know, um, producer and exec and all that kind of stuff. Right. So yeah, yeah if it wasn't for him, you know, we, um, Diddy wouldn't be who he is. And then of course, thanks to him. You know what I mean? Um, the League Green Notorious B.I.G. got his first single that would be with Party and Bullshit, right? So, yeah, as part of... Yeah, he is an integral part of hip-hop, you know, history and culture, right? Um, but outside of that, that's really all I know him for. I mean, I know that he, you know, contributed a lot to, you know, African-American music, but I don't really know much beyond Uptown Records, Diddy, right. um, Notorious B.I.G. and his first single. But yeah, you know, he will be he will be um 
missed as well, right? Uh, he passed away, you know, due to heart failure. He's only 59 years old, man. So, I mean, rest in peace to, to Andre Harrell. But uh, the, the, the biggest one, my, and this actually happened, well, at least I got the news um, this morning at the Times recording here. Little Richard, bro. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah boy. And, well, thankfully, it wasn't. Yeah, you know what I mean? OG, I mean, he was one of the, the pioneers of rock and roll, of R&B as we know it today, you know what I mean? Um, and, well, I mean, thankfully, he he died. Well, he you know, COVID didn't, didn't get at him, right? Um, thankfully, he lived to a ripe old age, you know, 87. So, he you know, he, uh, he really, you know what I mean? That just with, with the time that he had, you know what I mean? On earth, you know what I mean? He just made his mark, you know what I mean? He left such a huge impact um in music as as we know it today. Then also um you know what I mean just in pop culture you, know, you just know him as that guy you know we that singer just go woo you know we all that kind of stuff there. Um you know songs like Tutti Fruity, you know what I mean? Um yeah. I just watch hits that, that he had. And then also to um like I say just once again touch on the pop culture. Um you know what I mean? He appeared in numerous shows. You know what I mean? He was in WrestleMania 10. He actually performed America the Beautiful. Yeah. Um, also, he was on Sesame Street. You know what I mean? His song right. uh, appeared in uh, <laughs> a very memorable scene in the 87 classic Predator. You know what I mean? So just so much moments with him. Just so much I really mention here. But yeah, man. I mean, this, this one really hit me hard, though. Um, and yes, just like um, before, I will check out his discography because I actually have never really listened to a project from him. I just kind of know him through singles and just popular songs over the years. But yeah, I am definitely going to dive into the discography. I'm definitely going to learn about his music. Just learn about um, who he is, you know what I mean, and how he was able to do the things he did. So yeah, not much more I could say. Rest in peace to Richard, man. I mean, you are an icon, true and true, man. You will be dearly missed. Uh, anything you want to weigh in on, little Richard? No, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's, there's a big one that I get lost here, man. I mean, it, you know, uh, really, really, truly a talented person. Yeah. Um, well, a lot of people, you know, well, you know, a, good, a chunk of the LGBT community lost a great figure as well. Yes. And all these things. Yes. So, yeah, so, yeah, um, this was, this was a, a big loss, a really a big loss. He's really, truly, I mean, I update with, I have no problem calling him up there with probably the architect of rock and roll or somebody on that level. Truly, truly great hits and great, great tracks. And yeah, this is a big one. Yeah, indeed, indeed, indeed. So they can expect, um, you know, a big memoriam or memoriams, I should say, for him, you know what I mean, during this week here, man. So yeah, rest in peace. Uh, so guys, forgive me, forgive me right off the bat for, for, this, for this segue here, boy. But I, I really had to talk about this. I don't worry, I'm not gonna spend too long on this because why why should he take up a, a, a chunk of this episode here, man? Yeah, talk about six nine boy. So yeah. Daniel Hernandez himself, who um not only dropped a new single and music video uh Friday, last Friday times recorded here, called Gooba. Because yeah, he has this thing of dropping, you know, singles or um songs basically with weird titles usually starts with a g like gummo for example you know what i mean the the, yeah. the song that you know be about instant you know um i was which, gonna say a star like, yeah? sorry which i actually like yeah i actually like gummo. I, I i i do to extent uh, um just mainly because of how um not crass really but that's how blatantly 
yeah, just how blatantly crass it all is. Like, you know, I just don't care about it. The the beat is just designed to just make it just wild out and go crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just so ignorant. Now, that that's the thing. It's just ignorant rap. <laughs> but but um, I'll never forget the first time I heard Gomo do, right? Well, that's when I listened to the to his um mixtape, right? And I didn't even like I just saw the face, I didn't really know much about him, right? Listen to it, I, I got the whole aggressiveness and the relentless energy. And then when I actually watch the video, I like, wait now. This man, this man has a blood. I'm like, what? Can I just see it with a bunch well, of blood? When I saw that, just wrapped I saw, it, uh, right like, Yeah, when I saw that, I was like, wait, there's some straight up pyro shit in this. What's going on here? Like, he just exposed right? it. Yeah. He was exposed. Just like blatant. And I was like, wow, you you allowed to do this, brother? I, I what's know, going right? on here now? Yeah. So <laughs> then it's, it's surprising then when what followed make a lot of sense in retrospect now. So it's yeah. like, oh, oh yeah, he does he does sell out niggas. That's the thing. He 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 sold about. He sold about, right? But yeah, boy. Um coming like well just to get back to, to twenty twenty now, right? So yeah, I mean on you know through social media was saying that okay, he was coming back home. I know everybody make the joke like, okay, well COVID is here, oh great, we get six nine like um no, right? Ha. Ah. So just out of the blue, like I say, last Friday he dropped Cuba, right? Which is um for his upcoming album. Um I'm not sure what the title is, but yeah, um video wise, it's every bit as ignorant as expected to be. Just a bunch of, you know, um fat ass kills, just you know, twerking and all that kind of stuff. Very right. colorful, six nine doing his thing. Um you know what I mean, just basic ra- uh, rhymes and all that kind of stuff. He'd be and some some cringy bars like, are you dumb, stupid, or dumb? Like, ugh. anyway, right? Yeah, um, even drop a line where you say they sick, been hot way before coronavirus. And I was like, ugh. Yeah, but anyway, but 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 I'm not gonna spend time talking about the lyrics for this, right? But um, this this track and single came out on his 24th birthday. Yeah, okay. my boy, yeah, man turned 24. So yeah, you know what I mean. Great for him. Happy belated birthday and all that kind of stuff. What I want to talk about actually was the it was the Instagram live stream that he did. Um, I believe it was before he dropped the video because at the very end he told people, "Hey, you know what I mean? Go, go, go check out." Um, no, actually, no, no, no. I, I, I lie, right? He actually put this out right after after the video came out. Like I think it's about an hour or so. Because yeah, and this is really what I want to talk about, right? Is him. Like I understand, right? You know what I mean? You're on IG, you wanna let you wanna let your fans know I'm back, you know what I mean? I'm doing my thing. I you know and to be fair, he does apologize to his fans, right? He apologized for, you know, the situation he was in and you know, him just being out of the game for so long. And him basically doing what he had to do to basically get released or not get murked, right? So he had to do what he had to do, you know what I mean? He snitched on his homies, right? He did that, right? And then he would go as far as saying, well, you know what I mean? Well, look at what they did. I mean, they fucked my baby mama. And, you know what I mean? They, they kidnapped me and they tricked my family. So, yeah, I, I snitched at them, blah, blah, blah. Because they meant my homies no more, blah, 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 right? But you think that that happened? You know, in a way, I, I, I understand. Like, I get the logic. I understand what he's getting at, right? But within all of that, though, is the bragging, boys. The posturing I'm always doing dread. Um right from saying oh well look at this platinum watch man if you don't got this watch we can't beef man because my video got like five million views and on youtube in like one hour right. man like i'm the king of new york and 
as a hip hop head, that, that I wouldn't say hurt, man. But it is kind of fascinating, man. As to this is where rap is right now. This is well commercial rap, I could say, where a man who has basically been mocked on social media or call a rat for like about a year or so, right, could come back, put out a video, get five million views in an hour, and then come on IG and brag about it, like yo. I'm the king of New York. He's all like, yo, we can't beef, man. You can't beef. I'm a living legend. I'm 24, man. Cause I'm cause yeah, yeah, I'm, know, all that, that kind of stuff. That, that, that is what they um that is what the internet do do for stuff like hip hop because hip hop kind of like was always a kind of guildish, kind of localized culture, but the internet kind of blew that up. I mean, you know, white is a drink hasn't been drummed out you know already done. Um yeah, yeah. They, 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 the share size of the, the fan base has outweigh everything. It doesn't really matter. When you go mainstream in that way, it, it, it really matters. Yeah. And um, as we speak right now, not surprising, it's um it's number one trending on, on YouTube, right? Um, 46 million views yeah. right now. Yeah. I mean, which yeah. is not surprising. I say, I say, um, yeah, as I say, any news is good news now. So he, he exploited that. Yeah, yeah, he, he did. He did. He, he really did exploit. He exploited everything, man. But I don't I give credit. What credit is really, man? <sighs> I, I, I guess it's just like the the you know the the, the um the industry machine doing its thing, Jed. So yeah, he was just able to do what he did there, because you know, I mean, you think by the time he came back, everybody would just rip him to shreds. But the mere fact that yeah. I watched the video, the mere fact that I'm talking about this right now, <laughs> is just because of the type of person he is. You know, what I mean, how over the top, and I don't want to say flamboyant he is, but that's how over the top he is. You know, what I mean, so he just playing to his strengths. You know, what I mean. But it's just funny how he would just kind of brag and boast, like, yo, did this in an hour, and look at my watch, man. And, oh, it was kind of funny, like, while he was talking, uh, he had one of his friends, some some chick, whoever she was, taking off the jury. He had her on his neck. Myrell flashed right. it for, like, about three minutes, and he's like, yo, yo, this this shit's heavy, man. You need to get it off, man. It was it's crazy. It was just really crazy, but it's kind of fussy at the same time, you know, him him being who he is and him being able to do what he did. So I just want to say in closing though, I don't wish any ill will on him. I mean, you do you, you put out your singles, um, you put out your album. I didn't really care for the first one you did. I just felt that you sacrificed the the edginess, the, the rawness of your 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 mixtape and went all pop. That's just my point of view. Um and I have a feeling it's gonna be the same thing with this one coming up here. But you know what I mean? I, it's not like I want a man to get killed or anything like that, right? Knock on wood, right? But at the same time, it's just like I don't know. You, 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 you still people are still gonna be still gonna make fun of you, and it's just even worse with the kind of stuff that you said, uh, you know, with with that IG video about oh, I was able to do this in an hour. Look at me, I'm the king of New York. Just because your video went number one, that that makes you the king of New York, bro. Come on, right, you know, apparently. Yeah, but um, anything, anything you just want to say about this, this, this situation I, or this state of rap as it is, off of this no, guy? Well, I mean, this doesn't really reflect on the state of rap, in my opinion, necessarily. So it's like whatever. I just thought this video was shit. I mean, it, it was, it, like, it was really, admittedly, as yeah, as 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 hot, quote unquote, as the, as you as the chicks as the, as you um dancers were in the video. It was just shallow. It was just bland. Just nothing. Yeah, really. that was a bullshit. I was like, you know, and it's like, come on, six nine. You need to start social distancing, brother. Go on. <laughs> get out. Yeah, yeah. So, why? Ah, 
So, uh, so clearly, it's not going to be the last we'll see of him. But um, yeah, I mean, just he is hoping he he just capitalizes on his success quote goes he he has right now. Yes, and I'll I'll leave it at that. All right, so so kind of keep with hip hop for a bit, kind of. So that's going to take a trip overseas, man. So let's go to to London, England, and we'll talk about the debut feature from producer, actor, writer, film director, and rapper, rap man, that's his stage name actually, um, called Blue Story. Uh, This was a movie that um, was actually supposed to be released in Trinidad, um, I believe it was either March or April or something like that, right? But, you know, because of COVID-19. Yeah, it it did actually. Um, So, yeah, we were supposed to get that um, down here either March or April, but that didn't happen because you know why, right? Okay. Uh, also, too, it was released um, last year in England, um, November, and um, first apparently... it come out. I know it came out before that. Okay, okay, right. Yeah, right. And apparently, there was some controversy with the film, and you know, instantaneously, right? Because you know, a lot of people made a reference to, well, you know, the the classic John Singleton um, Hood film, um, Boys in Hood, right? You know, this idea yeah. that, oh, if you show it in theaters, you know what I mean? Black youth are going to watch that and then they're going to be compelled to, to to acts of violence and all that kind of stuff, right? So they were afraid of, you know, the show promoting gang violence because, yes, the movie is centered on, you know, gang warfare and stuff like that, right? So, right. you know what I mean? Um, they, they canceled screenings. There were a couple of acts of violence that happened and, you know, I, I well, I have to do research and find out if they were related to the film's release or not, like... Uh, if they were if they were related to the film's release or not, I'll have to find out. But yeah, you know what I mean. They they, they canceled the screenings for it, and um, afterwards, well, you know, they, they just kind of decided to put it out through VOD, right? So it actually yeah. came out officially on VOD last week at the time of recording here. So I took the time to check it out because you know I was hearing great things about it. That's a ridiculously high score on Rotten Tomatoes right now, and you know, mean the consensus, you know, gives the idea that yeah, it is a great film, right? But like I said before, you know, the main comparison, um, the main show that's being compared with is Boys Hill, right? So I'll just use that to jump into the story. So uh, it's centered on two friends, right? Marco and Timmy, right? Well, both of them are from different areas of London, right? It's um, Deptford and Peckham, to be precise, right? So I don't know if this is true because um, apparently it is based off of, you know, true events somewhat, right? So, yes, the gang warfare is, well, real, I guess, right? So, it's just centered these two friends. They're from different, you know, sides, right? But they're not involved in gang, uh, in, in any gang warfare or anything like that, right? They go to high school. They've been friends from since primary school. They look out for each other, all that kind of stuff, right? Um, but in the case of Marco, no, his brother actually is part of this um, gang now, right? And... Um, he well, it's it's kind of basically Marco just not wanted to be part of it. You know what I mean? He just wanted, to, you know, I mean he's just not about that life. You know what I mean? His brothers right. in it because you know from years and all that kind of stuff, right? So what happens is that well, Timmy is just trying to you know just live a normal life. Uh, life, sorry, you know what I mean? Just just be a normal teen. Um, this is Gil um, that she that he has a crush on, and you know is you know normal stuff. You know what I mean? That 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 high school kids go through and all that kind of stuff, right? 
but he's aware of what's going on in you know the, um, around him right now. You know, what I mean, just um, gang um, confrontations. You know, what I mean, people getting shot or killed and all that kind of stuff. But he just tries to stay away from that. He has an immigrant mother, by the way. Um, I I was trying to pick up on the accent, like it sounded Jamaican, but it wasn't exactly Jamaican. But yeah, he is from you know he is a. Uh, well, you know, he, he he was born an immigrant family. And then also, too, um, what the show really addressed on, and it's kind of sad when you think about it, um, there is no father figure. There are no father figures in the show. There are none. Right. Like, it's, it's really, really sad. Kind of strange at the same time, but it just really makes you stop and think, like, wow, but, like, if there was if there was a father figure to these two guys' lives, you know what I mean? You know, things would have been totally different. But, yeah, essentially, it's just their, their mom's really raising them, right? So what happens is that um, an old friend, an old, um, an old primary school friend of Timmy shows up, shows back up, right? And then we learn later on that he is part of the rival gang to Marco's brother. So what happens is that uh, one night Marco gets beat up for, for, uh, by these guys and, you know, he just kind of seeks revenge. And well, that, that incident just kind of throws off Marco now. And then it gets even worse now when a friend of his brother gets um, killed, right? So um, they also focus on like Marco's brother's gang, right? And you see in all the internal stuff going on. You see where they hang out and all that kind of stuff. You see the rivalry between the two. They would just kind of roll up to um, each other's, you know, hoods and whatnot and confront them and all that kind of stuff. So what happens is that, well, now Marco feels that Timmy doesn't have his, you know, um, not looking out for him now, you know what I mean, right after. Because of the incident that happened to where he got beat up, right? And well, you know what I mean. They they just they, they just kind of stop talking to each other, right? And then an unfortunate incident happens. I'm not going to spoil what happens there, but then that that just separates them entirely. So not only is Marco part of a of a of a gang now, but Timmy as well. You know what I mean? And he was basically like the um, the Cuba Gooding Jr. of the story, right? You know what I mean? One person who just wants to stay untarnished by all this gang stuff, right? You know what I mean? He wants to live the, the street and narrow and all that kind of stuff. He wants to do good by his friends and his, uh, well, girlfriend. You know what I mean? Well, friend that, you know, be the girl that he was um, seeking to a girlfriend, right? But, you know, something bad happened and now he's in that hood stuff now. So, now basically he is out to get um, Marco and that's where I'll leave it at. So, it's just essentially these two guys who kind of get roped into this whole gang stuff and now they're kind of against each other and that pretty much is what the story is about. So, um, I'll just say right off the bat, though, I totally enjoyed this movie, but I did not expect yeah. to enjoy this as much as I did. And, you know, in, in my head, though, and, you know, it's this is kind of like I know, uh, like I kind of know this is what the criticism of movies like these um, get, where it's like, oh, you're enjoying it, but are you enjoying the fact that it's about black men, you know what I mean, with no father figures involved in gangs and they're doing acts of violence and they want to shoot each other and kill each other and all that kind of stuff now. Like, I, in my head, I was telling myself, okay, this is the criticism this movie is going to get. But, you know, at the same time, this has been the criticism of, of many films based on the, on the hood or, you know, when you get to, like, look at Boise Hood, for example, right. like, or, 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 or like and society. Yeah, right? Sorry? They're not like lazy hood bullshit, right? They're not like you know. No, 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 no. That, that's the that, That's why I really enjoyed it. For it doesn't exactly. give you like this basic story, like oh well, you're in a gang, you're in a gang, shoot each other, boom, 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 boom. That's the end. You know what I mean? These characters are well developed. You know what I mean? They they have 
consciousness for one thing, you know what I mean? It's not like they're going to do an act of violence just because, you know what I mean? And, you know what I mean? The show spent a lot of time going in-depth into, not everyone who's involved with the gangs, of course, but the major players and why they do what they do, why they put on a tough demeanor, you know what I mean? Why they act the way they do. So, you know what I mean? At first, some some person, you know what I mean, might just kind of look at this like, oh, you're glorifying this. And like I said before, that's the kind of argument you'll make. Um, people will make of shows of the similar nature. Like, um, case in point, uh, Minister Society, for example, that's a perfect example, where right. the violence was just so in your face now. And it, it is rather shocking, right? Um, uh, well, we reviewed it with our friend Doughboy. You know, me. We could. Um, I'll put a link to that review in this. Um, right. In this, you know, re- uh, review here. And you know, I, I I touched on the controversy that that movie sparked because of that, right? Like, oh, people are gonna. You know, I mean, you you're glorifying this or you're promoting this, but no, it's kind of showing you the reality of things. And you know, it's it's easy for us to point fingers and say you're glorifying this, you're glorifying that. But here's a counter argument to that. You've never been there. You you you've never gone through what these characters went through. You don't even live in that area anyway. So, me as an outsider watching this um this movie here, I was actually surprised at this, because it's one of those things that you you, you kind of know exists. You know, mainly because of you know the immigrants in uh, up there. You know what I mean? And not saying that just because they have a lot of black people in in London. That's why they have a lot of you know violence there. But at the same time, because of the you know of the economic conditions there, you know, or at least in certain areas in London, that a lot of movies actually based in that area don't touch on. I could understand right. why these things, why why stuff like this exists, right? So I was actually like amazed that the show was so brave enough to just zero in on that. You know what I mean? Move away from. You know the 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 London that we've seen so much in many movies, especially Hollywood movies, and show the sides, just show the areas that you'd never seen before, and that's yeah, the same thing with um with uh, Society and Boys here. You know what I mean? They show Watson, Compton, and South Central, the areas that you never saw before in LA or California. So yeah, I mean, right. I give credit right. to you. That's what this movie did. That's why the show you you with your boy attack the block was so good. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, well, uh, another um, great film that um, you know, in retrospect, I should have brought up as fa- as best of the decade, actually. Cause yeah, you know what I mean. Um, just just zeroing on that area. And speaking of attack the block, too, um, you know the rawness of the characters, especially the way how they talk too. It's very um, slang oriented. You know what I mean. And I just love it's just something about British slang. Like every time I hear it, especially where, like with um with uh, British hip-hop, which, by the way, if you haven't been on to British hip-hop, you need to. Guys like Stormzy, you know me, Wiley. You know, a lot of people start listening to Wiley because of that Bossy song, you know what I mean? But even before then, Wiley was killing it, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I mean, British hip-hop is the shit, though. And um, the, oh, yes, and the film also has grime music, right, which is hip-hop, but it just has this darker electronic musical mix into it, right? So that's what Wiley is one of the Godfathers, and yeah, that's that's the name of his two albums, Godfather and Godfather 2. Yeah, you say he's the Godfather of that, right? And then also because we're touching on immigrants, right? So, you know, a lot of Caribbean um, a lot of Caribbean immigrants in this show here too, they have some dancehall in it, some some decent dancehall in it too. I was like, all right, cool, 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 I dig in that. Um, I love how, you know what I mean, some of the characters were bringing up Jamaican slang too, you know what I mean? Like stuff that we've heard in dancehall songs over the year, they're bringing it up too. So I do love how 
raw and authentic, you know what I mean, the, the dialogue is in the show. Um, even right now to how they swear, how they cuss each other as well too. I love the fact that, you know, just like a, a, a show that we talked about um, years back, um, Train Spotting, or when we touched on the yeah. sequel, it's not like dumbing things down and telling you, well, it's for Hollywood, so we have to have characters talk pure English for them to understand. It's like, no, you're in a section of London. These are how characters talk. Deal with it if you don't like it. Put on subs, right? And that's what I did actually while watching this. That's, that's not to say, however, that it's incomprehensible. You won't understand what characters seen, right? But yeah, that's that's as far as I could say about um, dialogue. Um, also, I thought that just the pace of it, it was very, um, very quick. But at the same time, it it, it, it it managed to tell a story in a brisk pace. I should say that, right? So it doesn't move at an absolute speed here, even though the movie clocks in at like 90, 91 minutes, right? But it gives it just enough for you to understand, okay, Marco and Timmy, for example, you understand the, the friendship they had. You don't have to stop to show you, oh, way back in whenever, when they were young, when they were back in primary school. You get the sense that they were friends from way back. They're, they're, they're friends themselves in school, you know what I mean? You get the, the relationship between each other. Um, even right down to, you know, being him liking the girl and the relationship they have afterwards as they become an item. It's genuine, right? It really feels lived in and all that kind of stuff. Even right down to the gang members themselves, you know, in the moments of them together, you get the sense that, yeah, you know what I mean? There's a brotherhood going on. It's not like they're just doing acts of violence just because it's being like a retaliation thing, right? And then, well, one thing that the show touches on, and it's quite ironic too, there's never really a real reason why they fight. You know, it's just, oh, it's just a matter of you in the same block as, as I am or, you know what I mean? You beat my friend up and all that kind of stuff, right? So it just shows how pointless this whole gang shit is to begin with, right? Um, also, as far as well, you know the 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 con- you know the violent content is. I've seen worse films, you know what I mean, in this particular nature. Like still to this yeah. day, City of God is like probably one of the most violent, you know, yeah, hood really movies would, I've seen. Yeah. Just just merely because of how shocking it was, but it was appropriately shocking, eh? Not seeing that, oh well, they, they push, they, they went too far and all that. It 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 was done in such a way to really emphasize cause in that case it was about, well, you know, kids just getting into you know, this um, getting into this gang stuff to begin with, right? So just seeing that was was quite shocking and still is shocking in my opinion. But in this case, I'm not seeing that it's team or it's toned down, right? It's violent yes but it's never gratuitous it's never done in such a way that oh it's glorifying you know the the subject matter itself right but i still know that people may watch this and be like no you're wrong and i mean this is what it is but sorry that's the story that rapman wanted to tell himself right speaking of rapman um i i like the fact that yes he wrote the film directed all that kind of stuff um, and apparently, I just read it off of Wikipedia. He actually had a YouTube series of the same name, right? That's based on you know the stuff in this film, which, like I said before, well, is actually based right. on true true events, right? But what he does do was quite interesting. This is kind of making his own stamp in the film, giving us his own flair. Uh, he raps in the film, like he plays the okay. unofficial narrator. Yeah, he he. Okay. So essentially, he's like the Greek chorus guy in the film. So you wouldn't see okay. like he's not he's not. A character in the story. He's just the narrator, yeah, right? So, no, so he's not, he not in the movie, but he just there for... Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, right, so so what he does, right? So he would just 
like a beat to play and a really dope um, beat by the way by the way the, the beats that you rhyme on pretty dope right you will rap about the stuff that happened and then you know if they show passage of time like uh, when Timmy for example ends up becoming a, a gang member himself so you talk about well you know in the space of time this is what happened this guy went to jail this person still feels bad because of what happened all that kind of stuff and I know for some people that might be a tune off like okay why do we have to have this guy explain everything that we've seen before but to me what makes it work is if you look at what he's seeing as just songs like songs in a soundtrack like you know, be like let's just say um he was just rapping a particular song like a brenda's got a baby for example so he's right. rapping story but we never we haven't seen the film itself so it's that same approach that he's doing so he's just kind of rapping like if if it's just a, a a track of an album right that we're listening to that's how he does it but he's telling a story that we're seeing in the process right but still, like I say, once again, some people might be like, oh, gosh, why, blah. You take it away from the story. But I think it works, though. I think it gives it its own stamp, its own, you know, originality, I should say. Um, Acting-wise, I thought it was, uh, was Stella Trout. Um, I haven't, I don't know anybody in the show, per se. I haven't seen them right. in any other film or TV show or whatnot. But I, I thought that everybody came and did their thing. Um like I say, well, the characters felt real. They really feel lived in and authentic, right? They could imagine these characters. Like, you imagine yourself being in their world and, yeah, these are how the characters will move or act and talk like that, right? Um, and while the show does follow certain beats, right? Certain tropes that you've seen in, you know, hood movies of the past, of well, American hood movies of the past, they make some tweaks to them, not just... Oh, we're in England, so we're just going to do things the English way. Or it's going to be more highbrow than, you know, the stuff. It's very raw. It's very real, right? But certain things do happen that come out of nowhere. And it just kind of adds to the, well, spoiler alert, tragic nature of the story, right? Um, especially the, the climax of this. I, I thought that the climax was was really, really, really tragic and quite emotional. It's like, it's like an outcome that, you know, you won't see coming. But it just... It's... But it's dramatic without being overly dramatic. But it fits in terms of, you know, the, the story and the conflict that's going on. But it's really sad, right? And then the outcome, well, I should say the, well, the end of the film, whilst a tad bit rushed because, you know, they, they kind of show, oh, well, this is what happened years later, blah, 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 blah. Um, right. I, I thought it was worth it. It was, it was worth it, right? Even though it's a tad bit rushed. And then, well, stick around for the, you know, we don't, don't get up actually when the credits start rolling because um, it's actually like a little, you know, we post-credit scene that happens. And all I'll say is without spoiling it, it's similar to City of God where you just see the cycle of, you know, this whole gang stuff, you know, just happening again. That's that's all I'll say. Right. And it's just really unfortunate with the, the person involved, right? Because of the bright future he could have had. That's all I'll say without spoiling it, right? So, yeah, I mean... I didn't really know much about what it was about, so I kind of just went in. I just heard stuff about it, but I got when I went in, I was just totally enjoying everything. It was vibrant. Um, it was well directed, I should say. It is a this is a very 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 well directed film. So yeah, man. I mean, nice. Ratman just knock it all the park. Let's speak about Ratman himself. I didn't even know that he wrote and directed the film too, because you saw all the credits at the very end. It's like what? Like you do this shit? What? Okay. So very, very impressive job here from this guy. I want to see what he does next. I actually should look up and see, like, check out his discography too, man. Because, yeah, this is a this is a damn impressive debut from this guy, man. I must say, probably one of the best 
um, debuts I've seen in, in quite some time, man, right? It tells a story. It doesn't overstay its welcome. And, you know, it's just well-told, well-written, well-directed, well-everything in my opinion. So, um, will I say it's the one of the best... Will I say it's like the best hood movie ever? No, no. Um, you know what I mean? Stuff like City of God, um, Mess of Society, they, they're still great. You know what I mean? They, they, still, they, they still regard as classics. But I have a feeling that this one here, you know what I mean, with, um, given, you know what I mean, with, with more viewings, um, I should say if more people do check it out, yeah, I, I could see this being like a like a hood classic, man. You know what I mean? Um, just the same way how Attack the Block, you know what I mean? People will look at that now as one of the, the, the best sci-fi films of the 2010s. And I wholeheartedly agree, you know what I mean? Even though that movie came out like, what, 10 years ago, right? So yeah, I, I yep. see this film, Blue Story, having longevity. I really um, can't praise this film uh, more enough. I really can't wait to see what uh, Ratman does next. And yeah, I mean, I like go in high with this one. I have to give this a strong four to five, man. I really enjoy this film for what it is. Um, it told a story. The Nova State's welcome. It's enjoyable, um, both in a visceral and emotional manner. I mean, you'll laugh. You'll probably shed a tear or two. Uh, I, I especially laugh to it some moments, too, especially with the accents. Uh, there's one character in particular. His name is Killy. And yeah, Killy, right? Um, he, to me, is like the standout character in that whole show just because of how his... He just have a way of talking, This his accent was just hilarious in my opinion. Even though he was on that gangbang and shit, right? But yeah, that's who he was. But he was he was a highlight in that show, right? But yeah, if these if films of this nature aren't your cup of tea, then yeah, I highly recommend not watching it. But I really would recommend that you that you give it a try, give it a look. Don't go in thinking that this show is gonna glorify gang violence because of you know the premise and all that kind of stuff, right? It really shines a light on something that, like in my case, I didn't even know was a was a real thing. You know what I mean? Or I didn't know it was that extreme. You know what I mean? Up there, right. um, and just just like with the great with the great hood films of the past, it's not there to just say, oh, this is how it is. You know what I mean? It's it kind of warrants discussion. It's not just oh, we're just gonna show this stuff just because it's fun and all that. No, it's meant to to tell a message. And I thought that this film. Like the greats did this very well. So yeah, strong four or five. I highly recommend you check out Blue Story. All right. So moving on now to something a little <laughs> less dark, uh, but also sticking with overseas now. So we're gonna move from England and we're gonna go to France now. So we're gonna talk about season one of The Eddie, which. Um, Okay, so I would, I will confess I didn't watch a trailer for this. I just saw um, it being mentioned as you know an upcoming show on Netflix. But the reason why I wanted to see it mainly was the name um, attached it, and that would be our boy Damon Chazelle. Right, right. Uh, you know what I mean? Who has made you know uh, I would say three great films over the past decade. That would be Whiplash, yep. La La Land. Yep. I mean, I know you have your issues with that movie, but I still give credit where credit is yeah. due. I, I still think it's a fantastic film. Uh, yeah. I think that Chazelle pours his heart and soul into this. And this is why he won a Best Director Oscar for that film. Exactly, yeah. He deserved it. No, I think he deserved the Oscar for it. Yes, you know, everything else, right? <laughs> yeah, especially Emma Stone. <laughs> right. Which I know is something you, 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 can't, you can't let go of. Uh, <laughs> Emma Stone with an Oscar for that. But hey. And then, of course, uh, First Man, right? Which I remember being one of your favorites of uh, 2018, right? Um, right? So, yeah. I mean, Man has done his thing. But, you know, because the music, because the, the, the series itself 
is centered on music, mainly jazz music. I was like, okay, this is Damien returning to his roots here because, yeah, you could tell this man loves music, right? He loves jazz music, right? So I was like, okay, this is a new show that he's directing, but actually he didn't really direct it. He just directed um, two episodes, actually, the first two episodes of this, right? But um, the, well, the real person behind the scenes is a guy by the name of Jack Torn, right? He is a screenwriter and playwright just com- um, coming from um, England. Um, I'm not familiar with his, um, with his movies, actually. Uh, but I saw that he made, well, the, the films that he made were um, War Book, uh, Long Way Down, um, both of which are, are British films, actually. So, yeah, this was actually the first time I'm hearing about um, Jack Torn, right? But, yeah, he's the creator of this. Um, he didn't really direct any episodes of this. But, yeah, Damien Chazelle did the first two. And also right. another name that attracted me to this was uh, Andre Holland. Okay, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was on... Who, Moonlight, who was, yeah. sorry, in Moonlight. Uh, he Moonlight. was in... Well, one of your well, favorite... One of my favorite High Flying Boot. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. He was in that as well. And I mean, yeah, he is he is a fantastic um actor. Um I would say he's 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 getting up there as you know, like like the next Denzel Washington. I wanna bring that up too, because yeah. um at some point in, in this series here, he, he he channels Denzel, especially early Denzel, but I'll I'll get to that in a right. bit, right? So what it is is uh eight episode season, right? Um I'm not sure if we're gonna get a second season for this. I like to think so because there is kind of an open ending here but you know i mean i can understand if they just leave it where they leave it right but that's all i'll say right but yeah um so it's a french american co-production right so it's set in paris right so um there well not only is the english um dialogue but it's also french uh there's arabic at a point in time right. arabic sorry there's polish as well too there's actually like one or two scenes where characters will speak you know polish right but it's mainly english and french right so yeah you had to read subs for this one for sure and what it's about is uh there's a it's centered on a jazz musician his name is elliot udo who's played by andre holland uh he was a former pianist and right. singer but what he does now is that he runs a jazz club um, in Paris, called the Eddie, right? He has his own band, and the okay. Well, well each it's episode, making sense now why um earlier you tell me jazz now it making sense of uh, why Darren Chazelle involved, right? Exactly, exactly. Because yeah, this is that guy who who loved jazz. I mean, you, you saw that with um yeah. with Whiplash, right? But yeah, um, and then yes, right, with um with La La Land with um Ryan Gosling's character. Uh, working at yeah. this club and all that kind of stuff, right? So yeah, so guy owns a club. He has his own band, um, and what he what essentially he does is that he just composes the music. He writes the song, composes the melodies and stuff like that. One of the members of the band, right? He is a well Middle Eastern guy living in um, in Paris, right? His name is Farid. He had, well, he's basically the singer in the group. I believe he does um, trumpet as well. About is that a trumpet? I think he plays the trumpet, but mainly he's a singer, right? And um, what happens is that, well, he ran afoul with some, I want to say, like, you know, these gangsters, basically, right? These guys who are involved in counterfeit money and embezzlement and all that kind of stuff, right? But it was just mainly to have money to keep the 
to keep the club afloat, basically, to keep the place afloat, right? Because, yeah, I mean, right. they're doing this thing to, to, to make money, but, you know, in true modern musical, you know, scenarios, yeah, you know what I mean? They had a struggle, they had a hustle, they had to do what they have to do, right? So, yeah, you know what I mean? One thing to lead to the next, some counterfeit money is, you know, brought into the company um, unbeknownst to Elliot. And then, well, right. unfortunately, Fari loses his life, right? He's killed right outside the club, right? And Elliot wants to know what's going on, right? The, the same gang guys um, seek him out and they're like, oh, well, you know, we want to know where the money is and all that kind of stuff. So he has to deal with that. Um, but at the same time, no, and, you know, in, in, in true um, films based off, of, you know, films based, modern films, sorry, based on music, yeah, he is a very flawed character. Um, you know what I mean? He has this kind of tendency of just being the, having the last say in everything, right? You know what I mean? He's very arrogant. He's, he could get rather argumentative with people. And, you know, a lot of friendships have ended and, you know, restarted because of that, right? You know what I mean? He cuts people off and like that, right? So case in point, you know what I mean? Uh, he has, um, he was married before. Um, the actress who plays her is Melissa George. I didn't even know that she was in the show as well. It's like, okay, she's in this, right? So yeah, that's his ex. Right. Um, and what happens is that um, their daughter Julie, who is played by um, Amanda Stenberg, who I didn't even know was in the show. She well, last Stenberg. time, um, last time I saw her was in a, a movie that unfortunately I missed out, but I heard great things about called the Hate You Give. She was in that. She was the lead okay. in that. Show. Yeah. Right, right. Right, okay. Yeah, she's a chick from um, Darkest Minds and um, Hunger Games. You know, that... that, that right, right, right. Yes, that's true, but... That, uh, yeah, yeah, right, yes, that's her. That's her. But, well, no, right. So, uh, the movie, the movie, I think she got into some trouble when it was, she was... It had this, some Nazi movie. Was that, was, a, was that a hit you give? I believe it was, or not? Well, no, not hit. Hit you give was, was something else. Think, All right. I think so. I don't... Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, like I, I, really do need to to check her um her filmography a little bit more. Like I haven't, I haven't checked out her, her stuff in quite some time. So I was surprised that she was in this, right? But anyway, she plays Julie, and um, she actually flies over to to Paris to um to visit her dad at first, right? But what happens is that she reveals that well, you know, the mom, her mom now who actually remarried, kinda doesn't want her in a sense. So right. it's, it's kind of a long story, right? It's, it's more like who wants custody of who, right? So Elliot being the guy that he is wants custody of the of, of his daughter, but you know what I mean? At the same time, she at first acts rather arrogant. You know, she doesn't want to go to school. We we learn later on that um, she was a you know drug abuser and all that kind of stuff. So you know, she's just this wee child and just kind of her kind of coming to terms with who she is and all that kind of stuff. So Elliot being the guy is um is barely in her life and over the course of the season he kinda of understands that he has to be there, right? Even though um in one crucial episode um uh, his her, her mom returns and you know I mean she wants her to come back to the States where it's like, you know, I, I kinda want my child. So is that all that, that that kind of stuff going on, right? But um the show itself isn't entirely based on him, right? You have the other band right. So we have um his ex Maya, who is played by Joanna Kulig. Um, she is well well the last time we saw her actually was in Cold War. Right, yeah, right. She, she yeah. was she was one of the main players in that movie, right? Well, you know, the, the romance in the film, yeah, that was her, right? Yeah. And um something I didn't even know about, well, until I saw this. She could sing right. She could really, right. really, 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 really sing by my god. Yeah, so she is the um, she was, yeah, she was, she, I think 
think she sang in it. I think she sang in it. If I'm not mistaken. Right. Um, she probably did dance too. But um, yes, because she was into music. Well, in that movie, she was right. um, a performer. Actually. Yeah, so I try to remember right. if it was singing. I think it was singing or, or dancing. Some, one of the two. I uh, really should rewatch, you know, Cool War. I know it came out on Criterion right. Collection. You know, truly crit- uh, Criterion Collection. But I should really check it out. But yeah, uh, she is uh, Elliot's ex. You know, they had a relationship while he was in, you know, Paris at the time. And uh, well, you know, what I mean, even though they're not together, she's still she's still part of the band, right? Uh, also, we have um, let's have other characters involved, right? So we have uh, well, the bass player. He has well, oh well, yeah. So what he show what he what each episode does is that they will zero in on a particular member of the band, right? So or she's right. a main character in the show. So it starts off with Elliot, then it goes into Julie, then to you know, other players in the band and, you know, other characters in the show. Um, you have Farid's wife, Amira. She gets her own episode. Um, you have, like, the bass player, like I said before. He is a ex-drug addict. Well, he's kind of on again, off again, drug user, all that kind of stuff. Um, this is really poignant story involving him and, you know, a woman that he was with. And uh, she suffered a miscarriage. And then as a result, he just broke off the relationship. And then, well, as he meets up with her, it's the day of her wedding. So he actually has to go and perform at her wedding. And it's just the, you know, the feelings here. Really, 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 really poignant. That was actually one of the best episodes, I would say, right? Yeah. Um, we have... Sorry? Um, take that job, pressure. I see. Take that job, pressure. I know, right? But once again, it's the whole hustling thing there. It's like, oh, here's a gig. And well, actually... It was the 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 guy the pianist in the in the um in the band itself, right? Um, I forgot his name right now. His name escapes me. Yeah, he he got the gig. So it's like okay, right. well, I guess I had to go to perform because we got to make that door, right? You know what I mean? Uh, we have the um this woman who plays drums. Her name is uh, Katarina. Um, she has her own story as well. Um, really, you know, poignant as well to uh, mainly involving her dad who is on life support and uh, she has to take care of him even though in the past he was, you know, sexually, you know, abusing her and, you know, just really grim wow. stuff like that. Yeah, um, there's also a guy who runs the bar. His name is Sim. He also is of Middle Eastern descent and, um, well, you know, he and uh, Julie start a relationship, but he's going through some drama as well, too. You know what I mean? Mainly involving some guys, you know, well, the same guys actually who, well, pretty much want to um, muscle in on um, Elliot's business, right? So, yeah, they, they try right. to threaten him, you know what I mean? They, well, they threaten him with acts of violence, all that kind of stuff. So, there's all this stuff going on, right? But what really holds them together, and well, this is the gel of the show itself. Is the music itself? Is the jazz music? Right. Is the passion for what they do? And yeah, that's essentially what the Eddie is about. So, me going in, um, you know, I mean, for the, well, me going in, not knowing what the show is about, um, just thinking it was just going to be about jazz. Um, it, like I said before, it does. It is like you know, um, other modern films based off of music, right? Where it's not just about you know the music itself. It's not just about the joy of jazz or whatnot there are fractured flawed characters involved you know behind the scenes and we just kind of seen how their lives kind of play out now but it's just the passion that they have for the music is there but at the same time they have to deal with well real life shit right and it's really hard 
uh, one film in particular I couldn't help but think of while I was watching this was, uh, you know, and just going back to Denzel, watched it for a bit, uh, More Better Blues. Remember that from um, 1990? Yeah, yeah, okay. Right, 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 yeah. With, uh, with him, with Denzel, uh, Wesley Snipes, where it wasn't just about jazz music, it was about Denzel's, you know, on again, off again relationship and how he had to take so, um, responsibility, he, him being upstaged by Wesley, and, you know, just all kind of stuff going on. This just meaning like this character piece about him trying to sort his life out, you know what I mean? Be a, re- a responsible man. And yeah, that's essentially what we got here with um with Andrew's character. You know what I mean? He is very much like the, the Denzel character of Mo Better Blues. You know what I mean? He has a lot, a lot of stuff, a lot of baggage that he just has to he just has to sort right. out and clean, right? You know what I mean? It's his daughter, it's his estranged wife, is these guys trying to put him out of business and it's Farid's debt and all these things, right? Um, and then at times it's just kind of like you kind of understand why it's a lot, why it's hard for him to deal with it. But at the same time, he just has this tendency of just locking people off or you know, we just saying, yeah. you know what, I don't need you, that kind of stuff. There, so yes, he's a dick, but at the same time, he you know, you kind of understand why he is the way he is. So you're not supposed to hate him, but you're not supposed to really like him. You, you kind of have to sympathize and understand where he's coming from. Very much like, you know, many a Denzel Washington character, you know, be performance that we've seen over the years, a case in point fences, right? Remember fences that we talked about? Yeah, the dad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, where you're not supposed to hate the dad because, you know, he's a dick, but at the same time, you kinda have to sympathize <laughs> with him. Uh, yeah, he is, right? But at the same time it's like I kinda feel sorry for you, Jada. I, I kinda do. And yeah, after times you feel sorry for, for Elliot and what he's going through, but oftentimes he kind of put himself in hot water in the first place. You know what I mean? And just him trying to just clear those things out. So, yeah, performance-wise, I mean, Andre killed it to this. Uh, he was quite believable in his performance. Um, quite complex. Well, I should say, characterization of this show gets, you know, a lot of points. They're very flawed. They're very complex at the same time. Um, and I like that a majority of these character acts don't end the way you'd expect them to. Like, you think, oh, he's a drug, a drug addict, so he should die of an overdose. Nah, it's not that kind of shit, right? Um, they they live their lives, right? It's just a matter of them kind of deal with things and how they move on and whatnot, right? Same thing also too with uh, Amanda Stenberg, who plays Julie, right? Like at first, I didn't really like her character at all. She just felt um, a little too not whiny, but brattish. You know what I mean? Just always running out, uh, running out, um, leaving school. You know, what I mean? uh, just doing things she's not supposed to do. But you know throughout the, the duration of the, the season here, she kind of realized that, okay, I, I need to start acting my age, you know what I mean, stop doing childish stuff, and, you know what I mean, she becomes a better person out of it, that's all I'll say. And I like how each episode kind of zero, zeroes in on certain members of the group, gives, you know, fleshes them out, gives them, you know, backstory and all that kind of stuff, and you understand why they are the way they are, and why you know, even though they're not making that much money, and even though Elliot can be a dick at times, they will still go back to the to the to the um, club. They will still play their music. They will still practice. They will still do stuff like that. There's also a subplot involving them being signed to a label, or possibly being signed to a label. You know, them doing an album, and it's just a little ups and downs with that too, right? So, in a way, just like just like La La Land in a sense, and just like Whiplash extent. It's kind of like zeroing in on, you know, the modern musician, right? The modern jazz musician. Yeah. How do they deal with life, right? It's not like they're going to be gigging it up every single night and going on tour all the time, right? You have to, you have to do what they have to do. They have to, they have to hustle just to 
just to live life and you know feed themselves and all that kind of stuff, right? So I like that the show was 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 you know bold enough to not glamorize you know being you know the music and the musicians themselves. Also with its um, parasetting, I like the fact that they didn't really glamorize that as well. You know what I mean? Not seeing that they yeah. showcase Paris as this um, grim place, but they also didn't romanticize Paris neither, right? While there is you know while love is in the air you know what I mean while you can go to restaurants and have fun and all that kind of stuff of course you know pre-COVID-19 um there's also criminal activity as well you know what I mean there's also oh, yeah. drug abuse and all that kind of stuff so it doesn't paint Paris as this you know what I mean this as a great to sit in the world but at the same time it kind of yeah. is you know what I mean you can understand why a guy like Elliot would go there and continue pursuing the music that he has followed all his life and why he wants to stay there. Why he doesn't want to go back to to the states, and why he would want his daughter to stay there too. Um, it is quite well. I won't say it's an entirely dark show, but just like shows like you know uh, Mo Better Blues and another show that brought, um, came to mind. Oddly enough, um, Saturday Night Fever. Remember that? Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Where it's not going to be a happy movie or a happy story with happy music that you dance to and your vibe to. There's some dark moments in it too, and yeah, the show has this fair share of dark moments. There's one scene in particular that um, instantaneously is reminded of a certain famous French movie called Caché. Remember that? Okay, yeah, I've, I've never seen that. Um, you, wait, you never saw um, Caché? I don't have a memory of seeing that. Okay, but yeah, uh, Caché that would be Michael Haneke's film. All I'll say though, know, there's there's a moment. Yeah, there's a moment in the show that is iconic, <laughs> and when it happens, it's quite shocking, and it just flips the show upside down. That's all we'll see. It just kind of comes out of nowhere. But yeah, this is probably the most memorable moment of the show. They they kind of do something like that in this movie. Here. Like when it happens, like yeah, this is straight up cashy what happens here, right? But yeah, it it kind of gets the ball rolling. It kind of shows that yeah, it's not just gonna be a drama. It's just it's not gonna be dialogue heavy stuff. Yeah, there's gonna have its fair share of violence ever so often but it's not an overly violent show right uh this is this is kind of a drawback with the show but you know given the nature of the show i kind of understand why it is what it is it's a slow bit yeah these these okay. eight episodes the first two episodes in particular clocking over an hour so it's like about an hour and eight minutes roughly and those are the two directed by demon chazelle uh, but the others clocking at near an hour so i know for some people yeah they they, they this by this will be a turn off for them um, so, like in my case, it was kind of a challenge for me to binge through this, right? I actually kind of stopped at the sixth episode and watched the, the last two this morning times recording here, just because of how long these episodes are. And um, sometimes, episode-wise or story-wise, it does kind of drag out quite a bit, you know what I mean? Moments kind of play out longer than they should. It's almost like they have to meet that hour-long runtime just because, right? But yeah. Be- because it's going for this non-Hollywood, you know, non-American thing. And yeah, you know what I mean? For for people who kind of want a break from the, you know, the traditional Hollywood-American norm of movies and TV shows. Yeah, this is very much European. Um, not highbrow in a sense, but like, yeah, you can understand why they want to be different, right? Um, also, last thing I just want to say before I get to read in here, um, I thought that the direction was strong in this. There's a very... 
uh, French New Wave aspect of things, you know, with handheld camera. Right. It'll be a lot of um, long takes, uh, especially like the, the first episode. This is long take that they do, seemingly long take. I thought that, that was that was really quite uh, well done, in my opinion. Not mind blowing, okay. but you know, well done. I should say, right? So yeah, Chazelle get points for that. But yeah, you know, what I mean, you could you could kind of imagine this being some kind of French import that made its way to Netflix, but because it's Chazelle involved and because you have you know, I mean, a few American actors involved. Yeah, you have to understand that, yeah, it's a co-production. So it's kind of like right. the a majority of the best of what you would get from French cinema or, you know, I mean, French, you know, I guess, TV shows, but with a sprinkling of, you know, American stuff in it. And last, okay. last thing I want to say before I get to read in here, uh, the music. I thought that the music was excellent to this. If you are a jazz fan or you just love to just, if you just love lead back jazz cuts, then yeah, you'll enjoy the music in this. Um, I thought that the songwriting was fantastic in this. If I'm not mistaken, a majority of these songs here are original compositions. So yeah, I thought songwriting was great and just the music, just the production involved, excellent, top tier in my opinion. But yeah, um, so for me, I wasn't completely blown away by the Eddie. Not saying that it could have been more of it, not saying it could have been less of it, but it kind of is what it is, right? Um, and while I would say, yes, it does, yeah, you know, pacing-wise, um, it is on the slow side of things. Um, I really wish that things could have moved a little quicker, but like I said before, you know what I mean, it's just, oh, you know what I mean, we can't do things in the traditional Hollywood way, I guess it does, right? But yeah, I mean, the show was what it was, you know, acting was great, music was great, um, the characterization was pretty solid, and yeah, you know what I mean, it's just a character piece, or character pieces in this show. Um, it's not groundbreaking or it's not, you know, gonna change your mind, you know, as far as, you know, the, the future of TV shows go. But it is what it is, right? So if you're into that kind of thing, if you're into more slow, dialogue heavy, emotionally heavy, you know, shows, then yeah, I mean, I would recommend giving the Eddie a look. But if you like things a little faster, a little bit more, um, you know, I mean, a lot faster, I should say, a little bit more visually stimulating and all that. Um, and just a little bit more upbeat, then yeah, this is not the show for you. So rating wise, okay. uh, give this a strong tune after light four, man. I would I would say it's worth watching. I don't see myself personally, you know, revisiting this in a hurry. Um, and I'm not sure if we're gonna get a second season of it because if I'm not mistaken, I think it is a mini series. I don't think we're gonna get a second season. Okay. Um, probably, probably not. I, I can't really say. Even though, like I say, I don't want to spoil the ending, but they do kind of hint that there could be a second season, even though it they kind of doesn't need to be one, right? But um, I would say, yeah, yeah, give it a look if you're interested. Um, check out the trailer, I guess. Uh, if it looks like your 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 thing, if it looks like your cup of tea, give it a look. But um, if you're not into um, slow-paced TV shows, and especially if you do like to read subtitles, okay, I know there are people out there that just hate reading subtitles yeah I, I really wouldn't recommend this one um but i would say last thing last if you are definitely definitely a uh, a, a jazz fan yeah give this a look man I, I i assume if you know the ins and outs of jazz music especially modern jazz music you could relate to what these characters are going through right so yeah so not much more i can say you know what i mean give it a look if you're interested but if not yeah skip it
next off, um, we'll, well, I, I shouldn't say we'll, but you, Ricardo, will talk about the Jerry, Sp- uh, Jerry Seinfeld stand-up special, uh, yeah, 23 uh, Hours to Kill. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I didn't get around to watching this, unfortunately, even though I recommended it to you. Um, but I was just so kept, uh, I, I, I kind of kept myself up with um, with the Eddie, so I didn't get around to watching this show. But uh, yeah, take it right. away. What what was this about? Yeah, just it's just Jerry Backwell doing stand up. Uh, we haven't seen him do that in a hot minute. And, I know, right? Uh, yeah. It's, well, yeah, I can't I can't go as far as saying it's a return to form, but in a sense, it was. I mean, what it was effectively is just um, him him just doing a stand-up special. It's him doing very familiar, but still near at the same time. Uh, and uh, just to review, does the material itself. I didn't hate this, but it felt a little dated. Um, it uh. didn't get the worst review. It didn't get a, like, I don't give it like a bad review or anything like that, but you know what it reminds me of? It's um, Chris Rock had a stand-up special, I think I last year, or late last year, or something like that. And that had the same problem where oh, I, was... I remember that. I remember that in particular. Yes. Um, where he he went in. Well, I remember him going in talking about um the the divorce. I think it was yeah divorce. He yeah. he went he went personal into his life and then well you know with his addictions and all that kind of stuff. So it was real like hey this is where I'm at right now. But I'm still trying to be as funny as I was back in like the 90s when I started that kind of thing. That's the problem with that. Yeah, that, that felt really dated. That's the problem with that. It felt really dated. Uh, one of the big problems I had with that is that it's like you wonder if Chris Rock even like pay attention to the last few years of news, especially when it <laughs> came to uh, police violence. Like he was like, oh, you just making those jokes? Like, dog, the, the conversation completely changed though. That is what yeah. that felt like. And I was the same thing, kind of same thing with Jerry. But in the case of Jerry, Jerry avoid um, and avoid any of the major issues because he just kept it pretty personal. You know, well, Jerry's time is, is 65 years old, and well, we saw that. That's not a critique of that per se. But the material felt dated, felt like something that I, I'd listened to in, in, I don't know, 2000, in the early 2000s or something like that. And it's still good material. I think the first half is very good. It lags a little bit and then gets better at the end. And yeah, the, so the opening of it is him coming like on a helicopter, and then he actually dies from the helicopter. Uh, mm-hmm. Not sure why exactly he does this. But like that is like part of the like opening bit, bit yeah, section I, of the. I think story. it's because the poster have him doing this James Bond. I think it's like this right. Roger Moore yeah, yeah, yeah. reference now because you know Roger right. Moore was pretty yeah, yeah. cool when he was playing James Bond in the eighties, right? I think that's a joke. Right, that's right. That basically what it was effective. That you're right because um, the the ending does this bit called um, the Secret Agent Man song. They play that song at the end and oh, they play, oh, they play and, that song. Ugh, that song right, like right. so please so do. Yeah, and, and something sure. else I forgot to mention there. Sorry, sorry about that. Something I forgot to mention. Um, even the title itself, you know, is a reference to I guess a view to a kill, right? Which was the last right. Roger Moore Bond film, and that was where that was the moment where he was like, Okay, I'm too old for this. I'm clearly too old for this. Let me let me, let me, let me move on from this, right? So I, I get right. I get the reference there. Well, yeah, is this Jerry song? But you gotta effectively talking about married life because I think he effectively didn't have anything on since he was married. Like, we haven't... He hasn't done a stand-up in ages. But they really feel like a lot of, um, again, really dated jokes. But the joke's still good. It's, it's, it's you know, take my wife, please stuff, right? It's that. And oh, that. Okay. Yeah, it's a lot of that. It's take my wife, please. You know, I really, take my wife, please. That. So it's, it's you know, the, the wife complained and he talking about, he arguing about 
she arguing about stuff. And yeah, again, I didn't hate this, but felt dated. Not bad material, like still good material. Well, well, um, well delivered. You know, it's it's Jerry Seinfeld. Like it, you ain't gonna get bad bad from him per se, but it just felt dated. That is all I'll say. Um, but it wasn't bad. It was fine. I I, I give it like a seven out of ten overall. Then okay. I can't say I, I loved it. Loved it. It's just it's fine. It's fine. Right. If you're a fan of Jerry, you, you grew up in that generation in the 90s, 30 years ago, you know, you would have be in thing. Oh, yeah, the, the TV show Seinfeld is over 30 years old now. So I know, right? Right. Um, so it's speaking that. of Seinfeld, right? Dumb, dumb, dumb question. Did they um, do the, 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 um, the Seinfeld theme song at a point in time in the show? Nah, nah, nah. Nothing like that. He, does, he did this thing. Um, he, yeah, but again, he has a lot of great jokes. And again, it's a lot of old man jokes. Um, the best material is that, like the stuff making fun of uh, modernity, modern life, um, you know, cell phones, the internet, that, that kind of shit. No, but he has a lot of great material with it. And it, it works for the most part. So I can't be mad at any of that pussy. Uh, yeah, so as it is, it, it's mostly fine for me. I can't really say it, it did anything particularly special, but did anything particularly bad. And it's not like, you know, Louis C.K. or some bullshit like that, right? You know, right. Louis C.K. had a stand-up special the other day. Yeah, people was like, ugh. Yeah, yeah, nobody into it. Um, what, what, what yeah. station, what platform, um, aired that? That, that was on, that was on Louis' site directly. I, I pirated it, I watched it, it was alright. Uh, but yeah, it was still him, like, not referencing, not, you know, not really, like, acknowledging what you do and this kind of stuff. So it's like, whatever. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm out of 10, I can't say I'm, I'm mad at it, it's fine, moving on. That is it. It's solid, it's fine. Watch it, you'll, you'll like it. I think you'll like it. Alright, cool. I'll, I'll 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 check it out. I'll check it out. I mean, I'm a fan of of the show Seinfeld and you know Jerry Seinfeld um, himself. So yeah, I'll give it a look. I mean, one hit, right? Hope not. Yeah. Alright, so moving on now, we will talk about a show which um, I I just literally binged about a few hours ago before we met up here online. Um, this is the newest show from Rick and Morty creator himself, Justin Rowland, called. Solar yeah. opposites. Yeah, yeah. And um, before we before we get into it, right? Well, I want you to do the synopsis for it, right? Uh, last Sunday, times recorded here, uh, we we got the we got the um, the the sixth episode because you know we was we were promised five more. Ep- we were, we were promised the second half of the fourth season that's currently going on right now of this show, right? Um, and I don't know why I just really, really enjoyed episode six. Way, um, yes, that was, <laughs> and the thing is, it, it's just one of those incredibly dense episodes, like, there's so oh, much yeah. things going on, like, so much yeah. layers, so much narrative stuff going on. And I made the joke on Facebook, like, that that probably take them like three months to right way. No, that episode was, was peak Dan Harmon. I mean, I, I make the joke, I call it meta to the meta squid. I mean, yeah, boy, it was ridiculous. I, I, I don't know how these. How these guys just do this, man? I, I was just blown away, man. That's all the references that they make, all the jokes, the ironies, all that kind of stuff. I just loved everything about yeah. it, but I'm just, just really excited to see what the last four episodes give us. Yeah. Um, and hopefully, yeah. you know, we, yeah. when, when it gets to that point, we will we will review the, the, the fourth season. But I'm I'm enjoying it thus far. I have no complaints at the moment with um, this fourth season. But uh, yeah, 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 anyway, yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna jump into Solar Opposites now, um, which is which was originally created for Fox, but now it's um, well because it was shelved, so Hulu now and um, wound up um, licenses it now. 
So it's a Hulu slash, you know, Fox collaborative thingy, right? But yeah, it's um, it's created by Justin Rowland and Mike McCannon, right? That's, uh, that's why I was hyped about this show. It's not, not so much Rowland, but McCann, McC- uh, McMahon. Uh, and right. I, I keep saying Rowland, so it was Rowland. Rowland, right. Sorry about that. Yeah. That's what, that's what had me excited for this now. Um, you know, his talent is, is there because the animation is solid. Uh, the humor is not as acerbic as Rick and Morty is, but it's the same humor. Because, yeah. uh, well, that's again to the, the nature of the show. So it's, it's about this alien named Corvo who leading his family from, well, the story opens every episode with the same setup premise thing. And yeah. it's basically, right, what it does is that it's, it's them escaping the planet and they come to Earth. And they have to live on Earth as aliens. That's the whole story. And it's just them talking shit. And well, Royland plays Royland voices Corvo songs more or less identical to Rick. And what I'll say, it's effectively Rick and Morty meets Strange Planet, if you know what that is. Right? And I'm actually not familiar with Strange Planet. I think I should be, but I'm not. Strange Planet is about uh like a you know you know you see these jokes with aliens on Earth. I sure you see people like you know, repost them a lot on Facebook, whereas these, these aliens are just making jokes about um, Earth culture and how weird Earth is and how stuff that's normal to us so weird. And it, and that's kind of the whole point of the joke. Yeah, it's kind of like, um, you know, those those two tentacle aliens, one-eyed aliens from Simpsons who always look down and make right. jokes. It's, it's kind of like that, I imagine. And, well, it's, it's also reminiscent of Third Rock from the Sun. Remember that ah. joke? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that one, no. Yeah, that one I know. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's it's effectively that it's it's these um it's it's this alien fish out of water um, scenarios, but it's not um like I say it, it too. It's pretty funny on its own, but that's where all the material relies on. It doesn't rely on the on the um on the the, the Rick and Morty stuff on the Rick and Morty how Rick and Morty does the meta tropes of version stuff. It doesn't really rely on that so much. Right. Which, is a, which is a good thing. I'll, I'll give it that. I like that. Fine. It's it's not trying to be, you know, Rick and Morty 2.0 or, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad about and what, Yeah, what I'll say, I'll to describe this show, I'll say it's effectively more akin to like, um, it's like what, it's Royland's American Dad. Let us put it like that. It's a aha, different show. Aha. Yeah, yeah, you're right, right. Like that reference. Different style, style of humor. Um, it leans on a different approach to humor whilst, whilst Rick and Morty relies on, on meta trope stuff. This doesn't do that. This says, nah, it's, we could, we could do other stuff. Yeah. We, we could be, we, we do have to be as, as complex as Rick and Morty, right? But at the same time, we, yeah. we're still going to do the, the weird stuff that you know, that you know and love from Rick and Morty, right? Which I'll talk about, but right. yeah, go on. Yeah. And that's, that's pretty much it. I it, don't it really have anything else to say. Um. As it is, it's it's just genuinely funny. It it works for the most part. Um, it builds itself quite well with a lot of great sub arcs, and then they do like again because of the humor, and then they have this. Well, we will talk about this. This this one running subplot involving a bunch of shrunken humans, which is absolutely hilarious, but and, and tragic at the same time. Well, how do you make it work? Right? Yeah. Right. So you know, you know what you know a lot of a lot of it is how to apply great skill. And, and storytelling to something that is ultimately silly and not and not not worth anything. And yeah. that's why it's work is similar to how well, I reviewed Butt but Boy, where Butt Boy yeah. is this excellent uh, prime thriller thing, but then the central premise of, well, I, I go spoil Butt Boy yet if you want to spoil it. Uh, no, 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 don't do it. 
Um, right. But unfortunately, a, a, a Google search of of the film kind of kind of spoiled slightly. But I still want to watch your show. Right. I still want to watch your show. Right. Yeah, go ahead. Right. So basically, it's that, and I um, it's that that episode. That episode is so so well done from a storytelling perspective. But it's like when it, when you get into the context of what the story is, like well, you serious? And that would make it work, though. Yeah, that would yeah, make it yeah. work. All right. Well, they get into the, the the big end joke of it with with um. There's this this run one run on character that I absolutely love. This I forget what it's called. This creature, uh, this little wet, yellow creature, the 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 pupa, the pupa, the pupa, the pupa. Right. Yeah. And yeah, that's pretty much uh it. it. It's this family of four, alien family of four. They're doing alien jokes and and funny, you know, all of those you know subversion. Hey, we're making fun of alien stuff and they they stuff that we'll say weird stuff that's normal to us and stuff that's normal to us is weird to them and you know that stuff now it's that and then Corvo is pretty much Rick kind of but a little more serious a little different yeah. and it's it does its thing I can't be mad at any of this it's yeah. it's fine uh, yeah. I actually actually really dug it for what it was uh I was, I was actually it kept my it kept it kept my attention that's the most important point um yeah. I had very very few problems in that way um that's it. I, I can't be mad at any of this. It, it's it's legit hilarious on its own on its own merits. It does have a lot of great little side gags and runaway bits, which I, again can't be mad at. And yeah, it's not Rick and Morty. It's not it's not trying to subvert the tropes and you know be all real clever and super smart and outsmart its audience and so on so on so forth. Doesn't try to do that. It tells a story. It does its jokes. The humor's fine. And yeah, I I, I enjoyed for what it was. All right, I I agree with you totally. Um, I enjoy for what it was. Man. I mean, it's a it's it's the first season. It's the first time you've seen these characters here. Oh well, yeah, this is coming from somebody who literally like watched it like about you know what I mean like literally a minute before we we came online. Like I I watched it yeah. today. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I agree with you, man. I I have little to nothing to really complain about with the show here. I mean, as far as the first season, this was this was great. It kept my attention. It was pretty funny. Um. Let's touch on the whole Rick and Morty thing. I do like the fact that it's not trying to be, you know, Rick and Morty 2.0 or a spin-off of Rick and Morty. At, at, at first, I was wondering if it was. Um, and I was actually yeah, me- expecting some kind of, like, you know, like Rick or Morty to, to make an appearance in the show. But what I will say, though, without spoiling it, a certain franchise is mentioned, well, sorry, shown in this show here. There, there are some some pop culture references here or there. Uh, but it's not like, you know, not all the time, like, uh, like say, Rick and Morty, they would use sci-fi tropes and just flip it on its heels, right? They do it ever yeah. so often, but not all the time. Like, um, case in point, the yeah. final episode does the whole time travel stuff. But all they do was quite well, clever as well. Cool. They even make a, a, a certain um, reference to a couple of franchises. I would say, without spoiling, one that is owned by Fox and one that was owned by Fox. That's all I was saying. Yeah. They make for a really cool action scene right that's it um yeah. but yeah also too um i really dug the animation for this it is very much yes. like you know rick and morty the style of it um the way how characters mouths move <laughs> in case in point um oh gosh uh jesse right this would be the the female well the the female child i don't want to say daughter as yet because um it's it? not like i exactly forget what it's called uh, the copies are the or something like that yeah, they, they, they call them replicants, actually. So it's adults replicants, and replicants, right? right? 
So each adult who left the planet will have a replicant. So they're not exactly yeah. like you know, father, daughter, whatever it is, right? And then, well, you know, with, with um, oh gosh, with the two leads, Corvo and Terry themselves, like they're not a couple per se, even though I do like no. how the show kind of, like ever so often will kind of play on the fact that Maybe they are, but you know, at the same time, they're aliens, so they well, don't really right? have an idea of how same sex couples yeah, work. So that, that works. Right. There's a kind of running thing they kind of play for. They kind of play for laughs in a sense, but you find out what, why they connected and so on and so, so forth. So it's like, it's whatever. Um, there's very few subversive episodes. There's only one episode that subverts tropes very seriously, and that was the quote unquote gender episode. Um, I thought that they, it, was, be... it was pretty clever what they did with that. Yeah, which to me is the best episode of this season. Oh, really? Okay. I laughed my ass off for this. Uh, no, what, what made it funny, right? So the character I want to mention, right? So Jessie, right? She's the daughter in the in the family yeah, unit, right? Her mouth is very, like, reminiscent. It's like two, um, two, two species of aliens that live in a particular planet, which was uh, wiped out with an asteroid, right? And her mouth has the kind of Wallace and Gromit kind of style, where you know the, the the mouth is extended on both on both um, sides now, and you see the teeth now. So it has that style of like how characters like Wallace and Gromit and uh, oh gosh, Sean the sheep. It'll be like how those characters mouths move now. That kind of thing. I thought it was really funny. Yeah. But yeah, um, that that particular episode was was basically with her having to as you know I mean as as ordered by her teacher because yes, um, her and her brother quote unquote Yomulak. Right. Um, yeah. They attend a high school, right? And ever so uh, periodically, they um, always tease because they're aliens. You know, that's a joke. Oh, you're aliens, and you do all these weird stuff. Even Yomulak have this weird tendency of shrinking adults, which we'll get into right, right, and, right. And, and storing them. But yeah, so her, her um, assignment basically was to find <laughs> a particular meal-oriented um, fielder. Yeah. <laughs> and. Basically, like conquer it now, you know what I mean? Like, like, like smash the, the glass ceiling or, um, over it, basically. Yeah, so, yeah. you have to look for that. And every time she go there, she'll always be these guys who are like, yeah, you're right. You know what I mean? Women are, are never, always oppressed. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? We wear kids, misogyny, all that yeah. kind of stuff, yeah, right? What's good for What the good for is the end of it is where she yes. wrapped up. And, yeah. The guys yeah. are. I was like, oh, that, that kind of funny. Uh, yeah, but, but, yeah, they had this well the... Sorry, go on. Yeah, the robot one too. That, that what they do with the episode. I thought that was clever as well. Yeah, that that um well okay. So the title and the name of the character is Patricia, right? It's a, a, a acronym, right? But what yeah. what made it funny though? So without spoiling it once again, right? So remember in uh, Rick and Morty, right, where they had that that famous moment where they played DMX's X go and give it to you. I was right. feeling this yeah. real badass scene. They do that for a particular pop song. And given the context of what they're touching on, right? You know, feminism, yeah. right? pro-feminism. I thought that was pitch perfect. When I heard that yeah. song, I saw that montage. I was ideally dead laughing when I see that. That was perfect, 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 perfect. Props to using that song. That was like a perfect marriage song and imagery. It just worked perfectly, yeah. really, in my opinion. But I don't want to spoil anything beyond that. But yeah, um, I love how the show just kind of zeroes in on, okay, well, we're aliens. We really don't know how things work down here. But we're smarter than you guys, so we're just going to try to figure things out. There's this great episode involving uh, this, um, oh gosh, not so much like this community president thing, you know what I mean, who who pretty much kind of running right. the community. 
that kind of stuff. You and it's how Corvo want to find out. Oh well, what's what's on everyone's mind? These nanobots basically to yes. spy on them. And right. is the end result of that that I thought was pretty hilarious, Tred. So yeah, you know what I mean? Like you're right, Corvo is kinda like um like like um like Rick in a sense, but he's just more serious, you know what I mean? You know, he, like every time, he, like ever so often, Rick just kind of fucks around and stuff like that. Corvo is like all serious, like you know me, like we gotta do this, blah 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 blah, right? So I thought that was that right. was a nice contrast to Terry, who just more laid back and yeah, he's he's an idiot, but he's a he's a likable idiot. I <laughs> like that. Just yeah. see the two of them together. Um, Yomilak and Jesse play the whole brother sister thing back and forth. You know what I mean? Like Yomilak trying to be the older brother, and Jesse you know, just trying to fit in with the with the cool with the cool kids and whatnot. Um, well, actually, both of them, and this is running um, team of them trying to fit in in the high school. This is a great episode where they where both of them uh, reach mat- um, not maturity, puberty, and it kind of results in the, the kids kind of liking them. And it's, <laughs> it's how the kids react to them. That was, that was pretty funny, right? I don't want to say anything beyond that. Um, yeah. as expected, they do go into some weird territory, like especially the final episode, which involves uh, the pupa. That will be this kind of slimy pet creature thing that they brought from the plant. But what they say is that, well, each, you know, each adult has to have one and depending on what plant they land on, they will grow big and they will eventually destroy the plant that they're in and reshape it into, you know, the plant that they were from, right? And just have this this right. long running thing of whether it's gonna evolve or not, right? Um, I actually like where it stops off at <laughs> in this um in this particular season, yeah. which was very Rick and Morty. But I like how they did that. I like how they did yeah. that. Um, going back to the to the um to the shrunken adults too. So yeah, touching on that episode that you mentioned, this is like my second favorite episode in the season, mainly because of how serious and dark it is, though. Like it, it plays it off. Uh, you know, it plays off like this is this some powerful dramatic episode, right? And it's just me you know with what? the with with the shrunken adults in this um, society, yeah, yeah. which you hint at from very early on. You saw, oh well, right. they actually have the old little community. Well, sorry, the old society. Sorry, and you have this guy running it, this totalitarian society, and all kind of madness right. basically. But that's a spoiler thing. I do like how they they settle the episode like. Oh, this is even the intro to this very Lord of the Rings. Like that episode is very much inspired by Lord of the Rings. The way how it starts off. Well, sorry. Well, yeah, it's not so serious, right? But the character that they introduce is very much like, oh, well, this is how nice it is. Ooh, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then you see the reality of things, and then well, characters fighting back, and all I do, like it was dark and it was violent. But then you see time when they watch, it's like, this is so stupid. But everything works. Yeah, you know, make it, what make it work they make, really make it, they really make it care about this wall people think that it's like yeah. right, right. Make that, it that, that's the name of the well the, the area that they are they call it the wall right this is yeah right but um and the argument they carry out to the very end though which end real dark in my opinion eh? yeah. but at the same you time know, it's just so funny real, because yeah, they really yeah, don't that's need that's it Real game of true shit, I yeah, think. Yeah, real game of true stuff, but you know what I mean? But um, I love how they play it off dramatic. I love how they play it off like this, this epic, uh, <laughs> this yeah. epic, you know, sci-fi, you know, um, dystopic, sorry, dystopian story. Jen. I love how they play that off yeah. very, very well. And what make it, fun, what make it even funnier too is that the, the show is dedicated to that. You, know, you see the main characters like outside of their world just pretty much right. going through 
like like just stuff. Right. So, that, that, that was funny, yeah, because the, the title of the episode is what what he was doing outside. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, Terry. Yeah, Bell. What going on there outside? Yeah, right. The title is Terry and Bear, and that that have absolutely nothing to do with what <laughs> yeah, the real episode yeah. is about. Though, so and yeah, I, I love this episode. This episode is on par with the Citadel and Rick's episode in, in Rick and Morty. Yeah, it's like well, this big narrative yes. playing itself out to like wood. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's so, like well, yeah, yeah. So, so I, yeah. I overall, I dig this show. I really, really like it for what it is. Uh, it's it doesn't try to rely on the tropes of version, as I said. Mostly works, you know, as I say, Rick and Morty meets strange planets, you know, with a little bit of, you know, with a little bit of third rock from the sun. There's a lot of that. It's mostly fine for me. Um, and that's, that's it. I, I can't be mad. Um, overall, I'll give it like an 8 out of 10. Um, just well done for what it is. Good animation, good voice acting and storytelling. Um, don't blow me away just yet, but it's still good. It's still fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, I agree with you totally, man. I, I give this a decent four to five. Um, if you are a fan of Rick and Morty, well, of course, of course, this is absolute must see. Um, if you enjoy adult animated series, uh, mainly centered on sci-fi, yeah, definitely give this a look, man. Um, I like that it's trying to be its own thing without trying to be, you know, Rick and Morty. Even though, yes, animation-wise, it's very much Rick and Morty. I, I laugh at the fact that the font that they use is is the same thing, same font. You know, what I mean for, for for Rick and Morty, I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah. And I do like the the um the opening intro for this. Can they have like alterations to it? There? So it's like this narrated thing. Yeah. But Cobol always ends with some kind of criticism that he have about humans. I like how it yeah. ends. It just always ends at a particular point. Every time it ends, it's laughing. Uh, also like terry would have like these sort of played out like references on the shoots too <laughs> like oh yeah, he's okay, yeah, well, right now but the point is it's 2020 and he doesn't know that yeah these things were like played out like years ago so i love that aspect about about the show here but yeah i can't wait to see what we um what we get with season two i hope that we do get season two for one thing because it would really suck if we don't get one um even though it's on hulu um but last thing i just want to say though this a this a question or at least i thought i had in mind I wonder how this would have played out if it was on Adult Swim. Well, it, it probably wouldn't have played out the way it did on Fox, because, yeah, you know, Fox would have this as a, you know, TVPG. It probably would have been TVME, but I don't think they would have been able to go as far as this show did, because, yes, um, not just with the, the language, but, yeah, there's some some content in this show, right, for sure. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't think it would have played out well enough with Fox, but um, I kind of wonder if this would have worked being alongside... Rick and Morty on um, Adult Swim. What do you think? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, kind of. I mean, it, it, it just as violent in many ways, just as brutal. You know, they, they actually, it, in some ways, I find this was more more adult and more, more, more um, you know, edgy in some ways. Like, you have this this one kind of running sub subplot with these two, the teacher and the principal. Like, what yes. the hell, Jordan? <laughs> I was like, wait, this, yeah. this is what we go with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but they had to laugh too. But you know, I was, I was, I was shocked yeah, at the balls that, they had to to make the to to put that out. Yeah, all that way. yeah. But um, I don't know. I, I maybe I, I I guess I guess ultimately it does make sense to put these shows on different platforms. But I right. don't know. I I because of like Fox and what we got with like you know American Dad and Family Guy. I think they would have worked best in tandem. But yeah, it is what it right. is. But I do. Hope that people do yeah. check it out because it is it is great. Um, it's not perfect, mind you. This just want to get out of the way. It's not perfect, ten out of ten, but um, it is solid. This is a solid start to what I expect will be a great um series. 
And yeah, can't wait to see what we yeah. get here with the subsequent seasons. If we do get them, of course. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. All right. So last thing last. Oh boy. Justice League Dark. Apocalypse War. So uh, yeah, Ricardo, I want you to do the, the subs for this one. Um, similar to what we just talked about earlier, I, I, I literally watched this like about an hour or so before we met up online. Um, okay. But yeah, I was I was really excited for this. No, well, just mainly because just a lot of stuff I had to do over the past couple of days. That, that's why. But I checked it out. I made sure uh, I had to see it. Um, well, for one thing, it is the, the final film, actually, in the DC animated right. um, universe, right? So that's that's a big deal. Right, right. The 30th film overall, and uh, you know, we just off the premise alone. You know, we, we just think we're up against. Yeah, it's not the um, no, not the 30th film in the, in the DC animated no, universe. film. 38th film. 38th film no. in the. No, all right, I, I'm talking about oh. the all the movies that were made from. Oh, okay, okay. Not, not the not the animated universe, no. No, no, no. But no, the animated no, universe right. is different. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's like the, well, I think it's what. This, this is this is this is the fifteenth, the fifteenth film. Okay. In the DC yeah, animated right. movie right. universe. Yeah, I know it's right, it's, it's right. kind of weird. It's kind of weird, right? But yeah, so it's the fifteenth and final yeah. film in in that, right? So uh, it follows right after the, you know, well, we'll call it the death and return of Superman. Because remember, they took Death right. of Superman, Rising Superman, merged into one film. I actually watched the full film and it, it, you know, it actually works as one, you know, full two-hour, 38 or whatever minute film. It actually works as that right. contained film, right? If you haven't checked out as one film, you really should, right? Can't we covered it as yeah. the two, right? Whatever. Um, and also follows from um, a... Well, from the Justice League Dark film that we got uh, before, uh, well, which was called Justice League Dark, right? I saw, well, that came out about two, three years ago. I could barely remember anything from it. Uh, that, 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 I, I remember enjoying that. Yeah, like, that's the thing. Like, I enjoy these films, right? But I, with the exception of, uh, with the exception of Death and Return of Superman, I haven't really, like, revisited these films, though. So... I had to right. kind of uh, familiarize myself with what, what was going on premise-wise. But yeah, I was glad that they actually continued on from Justice League Dark. You know, where we saw, you know, John Constantine voiced once again by Matt Ryan, you know, who plays him on, you know, Legends of Tomorrow. I'm glad that he's right. still that character. I know uh, there was actually a recent interview where he says, yeah, you know, he just loves that character so much. Yeah, he he he, don't, he doesn't mind playing him uh, both for the animated and, you know, the TV shows, you know what I mean? But yeah, right. uh, just overall, that's just all the the, the, um, the films in this universe I haven't really revisited in, in a long while, actually. So I saw them, but I can't remember much about them, right? But what I was no, saying before... Yeah, most of them have been pretty bad on, on average to me, I think. Um, yeah, I find most of them was kind of kind of hit or miss pretty and more missed than hit, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I would agree with you because he had stuff like Batman versus Robin, Batman, Bat Blood, Bad Blood, yeah. sorry. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, but that was so often, you know. Oh, yes, yeah, so he had like Batman Hush, which I right. didn't enjoy as much as I wanted to. What yeah, over right. like, like thing. Good on yeah, like, but yeah, that that was good until the reveal, right? It was good until yeah, the yeah, exactly. But I mean, we had we had some decent films, like I say, Death and Return. I really, really dug that. Uh, Suicide Squad, Hell to Pay. I really dug that. And yes, the characters of okay. Suicide Squad show back up in this one. So that was great. Um, right. So this last thing I want to say before before we get to your uh, 
well, the your synopsis for the show, similar to Suicide Squad, Hell to Pay, and uh, uh, similar to Just the Dark, this is a rated R uh, feature, right? And, you yeah. know, just thinking about it, it makes sense why it's Just the Dark, because, yeah, they, ha- they, they kind of have to go dark with this one, because... Yeah, essentially, right. this is the Infinity War slash Endgame of this universe here. So this is where things right. have to get dark and over serious and brutal and violent and so on and so forth. So yeah, it, it kind of makes sense that it had to be just like dark. And then also, because they have this particular emphasis on John Constantine, which, you know, right. you'll, you'll touch on. So yeah, uh, take it away. What was Just League Dark Apocalypse War about? Right. So, yeah. So, it, it as I mentioned earlier, it follows directly from the events of Death and Return of Superman. And basically, Superman's mindset is, all right, we need to prevent Darkseid and stop Darkseid himself. Let's go after Darkseid directly. And that's pretty much what it is. But then, to, to open up the, the show, uh, they, um, they, they, they invade uh, Apocalypse and it fails. fails miserably. And then they basically, well, the central premise is that two years pass and they have to deal with the fallout of that failure. And that's pretty much the story, building from there. And then having to fight back and, you know, get back things. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, yeah. It based itself on Constantine, you know, understand why and what. Uh, that's pretty much my, the, the rundown of it. And yeah. what, 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 what are your thoughts on, on, on this? Go with it. Well, to I, start off. I, I really dug this for what it was, but here's the problem. Okay, so my first big issue with it. I would say okay so to, to start off is this is basically what the snyder cut would have been for justice League. yeah i get a feeling yeah. that, that R- right right now to the violent content because you know yes. Zack snyder right you know you so know, so you so know so inside as he kind of show he wanted to make with right. with justice League anyway right this is right so this is for our understand this is what the snyder cut could have been or would have been or close close to what it was been and i enjoyed it i enjoyed it, it for what it was in terms of like the action and the and the, the central premise and whatnot. Here's the problem. I'll see. Two, I had two problems. One, I felt we should have seen the first fight. We should have seen. They should have a part one to this. Like they just jumped apart two now. And right, right, right. Similar to um, was, like, like they could have done the whole Death of Superman kind of thing when you saw the. Right. You do part one, yeah, part I saw two. what happened first, and then the the outcome of right. that in the next. Because episode. I felt like I was thinking, all right. So just one. Well, I might mention a couple spoilers in this, right? But um. Like, stuff like just seeing the invasion of Apocalypse failing miserably. And what happened to certain characters. And then, I, I would have say, like, seeing um, a certain character in a certain chair as the last shot would have made for a great cliffhanger. And then we get this time skip in part two. Right? Yes, All I'll say is, yes, a, certain character, a certain character was in a certain chair. And that was, like, a big comic thing. And that would have been awesome if that was, like, a last shot. Right? As a, yeah. a last shot part one, in my opinion. And you could really get to see the whole invasion fail miserably. And Darkseid set them up. And, well, another spoiler is that he, the parademons are a little different for a certain reason. And mm-hmm. that was, like, the big t- turn into the fight and so on and so forth. But as it is, I was like, well, I was enjoying what it was. And then here's my second problem. We'll get that to the ending, which is, well, the ending. I, I kind of I, I had a feeling you were going to bring this up. You know? I kind of had a feeling right. you would have you been like, uh, why did you do this for Yes, and I get why they did this because they really say is the is the last of the of the um is the last of this 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 particular continuity we ending it and we're going to just reboot it with this way, but they rebooted in a half ass way anyway, and that's why I hate it now. Whatever. Um, well, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about I'll talk about the ending afterwards without without spoiling right. much, but 
Yeah, continue. Right. As it was, I dug the hell out of it for what it was, right? It, it just did all these badass things and all these great character reveals. I'm like, oh, shit, that going on? And, oh, shit, this happening? And, oh, shit, that happened? And then, yeah, and it's just a lot of great oh, shit, oh, shit moments and a lot, of, a lot of great action moments, a lot of great fights in this, a lot of great um, reveals, a lot of great plot moments. And that was it. Um, but I can't really say it was too hyped. Um, well, you know, I'm gonna I'm not gonna spoil it, spoil it, but I I did have a lot of fun with it. Not much, as I had I haven't had this much fun since Flashpoint Paradox. Uh so and I um enjoyed it for what it was. So that's it. I don't really have much else to say other than this is this thing, and it have all these little small other things that we'll just have to spoil. Everything else here from here on in is spoilers, right? Um. So I, I, I'll try my best not to spoil, but you know, me, 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 yeah. one or two things might come out, right? That's this lady, you know, that one time. Yeah, so uh, my, my thoughts haven't seen this just, you know, a few hours ago, right? Um, it is what it is, right? Um, I, you know, it's clearly the end of this particular run of, you know, uh, feature films. So I imagine that if you were on board from the one, you will have absolute blasts, right? Um, I'm not saying this because, yes, I'm a diehard MCU fan, right? But um, I do agree with you. There could have been a little bit more build-up as far as when, you know, the first attack takes place, right? Because, you know, like, you you, you get the setup. Like, it's going to happen. And then snap your fingers. Oh, two years later. And now we have to kind of uh, get, you know, a little exposition as the... Uh, brief bits of exposition, uh, exposition, sorry, as to what happened and who get killed. And, yeah, there are some rather graphic kills in this, though, but not too much to be like, oh, my God, this is so shocking. Wow. You know what I mean? But um, yeah. it, it does capitalize a lot on its R rating. Actually, heard a couple of fucks in this. Like, all right, all right, all right, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah do you think? Yeah, do you yeah, think? Yeah. And, but yeah, but yeah. I would say, though, it, it fits. It fits. The characters who see it, it fits. It's not done in this kind of edgy edge lord kind of way it's the, the characters right. who see it yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty much appropriate um even right down to the violence in it it, it feels very much appropriate because we're talking about dark side this is right. not a character you want to fuck with really i mean he will go brutal with you, you know what i mean and yeah so it's appropriate why the show has had to be this way and also right down to the title you know just like dark you know what i mean just can I remember the last film being you know pretty dark for what it was we compared to yeah. the the PG-13, uh, you know, Just League and Teen Titans films and Batman stuff that we got, um, you know, I mean, over the run of this um, this universe, you know, what I mean? so, yes, yeah, 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 just yeah. over the title alone, and yeah. you going in, you had to be dark, right? Um, but it never goes too far saying, okay, well, we just have to be the most sour, you know, movie, movie uh, viewing experience ever, you know, what I mean? you, have a, you have fun with it, right? And yes, this movie has this fair share of just badass um, action scenes and fight scenes, um, you know, some, well, just, I, I would say nearly all of them would do, uh, King Shark Boy, <laughs> who was always a standout to me in, you know, the Harley Quinn TV series. Well, right. I would say pretty much the same stuff that he did in that show. He does here, boy. And I like yeah. the erotic arc where he just says one line and then, you know, something happens near the end. And I thought that was, that was really hilarious, though. Uh, it was pretty surprising seeing the Suicide Squad, though. I didn't know that they were going to yeah, be in this. Yeah, so. yeah I mean, well, see McGill had Quinn. Yeah, they just kind of borrowed from the last two Suicide Squad movies because in Hell to Pay, they say Amanda Waller died of cancer. It's like, oh, yeah, right. That happened in Hell to Pay. It's like, oh, yeah, but she didn't yeah, get the yeah, coin. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. I, I forgot yeah, about so that. Yeah. 
And so it's all these little things now. And they, 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 they make yeah. it work. Yeah. Like, I mean, because once again, I mean, you just have to be familiar with these these characters from the series itself, from the, from the universe. Uh, what happened to them and all that kind of stuff to really appreciate it. In my case, it's like, oh, yeah, that happened. All right, this happened. Okay, okay, cool. Right, this right, character, right. I forgot he was in this thing. Okay, cool, right? Um, but yeah, it was cool seeing the Suicide Squad again. I, I loved uh, Harley Quinn in this. Uh, she, she was fantastic. I love when they carried um, Superman's arc, you know I mean? His his conflict in terms of, you know, feeling like if he failed, he just, you know what I mean? He wasn't able to save his friends. Um, and you even saw it with, um, with John Custine as well, too. I was kind of worrying. I was kind of wondering, sorry, where he was going to, what role he's going to play in all of this. And they, they pretty much make it make it work. They make, they make it fit, actually. Um, because you know, it's all he has is magic, right? So, you know, in my head, I was thinking, okay, is this gonna be like this pure magic based show? But no, yeah, you get your your superpowers, you get your your over the top, you know, Duke outs and all the kind of stuff that we expect from right. we expect from a, from a DC animated um you know movie or or show anyway. You, you you get that stuff, right? Um, Raven's involved as well too. I like her her arc, especially involving her father, um, Trigon. I like. That how they utilize Trigon in this. I thought that was really cool. Um, Etrigan is there as well too. I forgot that he was. Yeah, nice. yeah. They, they they make him work even though they don't really give him much to do. Um, right. And then as far as he, well, the other Just League members, well, you know, Batman, he has a really great, um, you know, subplot. Um, Lex Luthor has a great subplot as well too. Even though I wish yeah. we got to see more of him, especially in the end, it's almost like they kind of forgot about him. Actually, come to think of it, I think they did forget about him. Can they never Pretty get much. back to him at all? Well, yeah. well they, they, I think no, he, what happened he, he died, I think, because of the... Oh, the, right, 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 right. But you, you see, as you bring up that, though, yes, spoiler, sorry. As you bring up that, yeah. though, it's it's kind of the, well, the, the problem with Suicide Squad. That's the live-action movie where so much thing's happening, and characters die, and then the movie ends like, oh, wait, so where's, where's the closure? Like, y'all didn't even bring up what happened. And it happens with some major characters too. Um, yeah, right. so he, yes, like it happens and they just yeah. never, never go back to it. Too. You know what I mean? Like, oh, well, what is this character feeling about this person's death and all that kind of stuff? And last thing I want to say though, just quickly before we get to your thoughts, um, even do a thing that I kind of understand, but I don't like, but you know, once again, because it's this format, you know what I mean? It's not like the MCU where you have all these films and all these spin-offs really do it they would designate certain characters that you know and love to just being cannon fodder, right? They just, they, right. they don't really say anything. They do their thing. They do their moves. But you know, because the, the, the story is not emphasized on them, they're going to die. And hey, so say so them. That was that kind of turn off for me. Well, yeah, in some ways, but I didn't mind that because it's like, well, that kind of makes sense. Like a certain character, like, come on, she clearly going to get ripped apart from, you know, these monsters, right? Come on. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they, yeah. They, a little while and they get washed out. I, I like yeah. that. I, I don't know they, they, they did that. So I was, I don't have any major issues with that. Because what I was, what I, what I thought they set up an interesting ending. And I thought they could have built from that. But then they decided to not do that. And I hated that. That was my problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, just to touch on that ending too, right? Um, I, okay, so I understand why they did it this way. So it's, Kind of a reset button. That's right. all you'll see. It's kind of obvious. They say they ended the um, they ended the universe now, so it's like whatever. They ended. Yeah, 
Right. So, so, what, 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 what? so they, that's yeah. why that's why I had to accept that for what it was. But I felt they could have continued that, just change one thing from the ending, and they could have continued and build from that in a more interesting way, in my opinion. But whatever, we'll see. Yeah, but but I, I think for me now, personally, the reason why um, that, that ending didn't work as well as it should is, okay, so everything, this whole scenario start from a particular film, right? So if you look it up, right. you'll know what it is. I don't want to see it. Whoa. But yeah, this is the film that, that pretty much start all this drama, right? And then they come and say, okay, well, this is the cause, so we need to rectify it. I understand. But because of the character involved, the character who pretty much started it, there wasn't really a real build-up to his dilemma, his predicament, right? Exactly. Because he's zeroing so much on Constantine and what he's going through because it's just the yeah. dark. It's like, all right, but if they had pretty much... If, right. Well, think about it like... Iron Man, right? Think about it. It's like the MCU started with Iron Man. You saw his predicament throughout, throughout, throughout. So even though you had all this stuff with the Avengers, it was still lingering there. You still saw what was going on with him. So when he makes the final decision in Endgame, it makes sense. In this case, they kind of brought up the character and they kind of ignore him. And then big reveal, oh, this is what's going on. That's one of the oh shit moments. Right. And then out of the blue, at the very end, it's like, okay, well now, yes, he must make this decision but, you know, once again, it wasn't really a real build-up to it. It's just like, oh, well, we really can't think of anything else to end it, so let's do it in such yeah, a way exactly. where we leave it open. But it's like, yeah, yeah no real no real gravitas, no emotional gravitas to it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's why I said um, it, it need a part one. Yeah, yeah. Need a part- yeah, you're right, you're right. It could have been a two-part, too, because I, I really wanted to feel that moment. And while I watched it, I was like, yes, I understand it. I, I get why they do it. It makes sense. It leaves it open for the possibility of more films in another universe. As always say, like, I get it, but I didn't feel it. It just felt like, okay, this is the way we had to end it. And I guess if you were down with these movies from day one, it would make sense. But they really could have just expanded on this more. And um, I think really at the end of the day, this is the drawback. That this, similar to Death of Return of Superman, this could have been a two-parter film. Because... It's the engine. Like, look at what the MCU did. They didn't just put out one, you know, three-hour movie and say, hey, this is the end of, of the MCU right. or at least the, the end of Phase 3, right? They gave two films. They gave you two films and they spread, yeah. they span it over a year for you to, to really feel what, 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 what um, you know, what's going on emotionally. Now. But in this case, right. we get the typical cram everything in the 90 minutes and let's yeah. feed the masses with it, right? So once again, the same problem. They kind of plague these films over the years. We, we get it here, right? But that's not me, you know, um, he totally show it that is just a major gripe you know, that really brought down the film for me. But still, it delivered on, on what it set out to do. You know, it's this big apocalyptic event. Everybody came through, kick ass, do their thing. Characters die. <laughs> uh, characters yeah. are rebought, uh, re, re, revived and all that kind of stuff. And for what they went for, it works. It's it's a solid, if not perfect, end to a series, you know, a universe that I wish I had more investment in. But it's the end, you know what I mean? And this last I want to say before I get to written, um, I do, I'm sorry, I don't think that it's going to be the end of, you know, these DC animated films. I think we will get more stuff but maybe they will not, you know, be centered entirely on those characters or, you know, stories based off of them. Maybe they might actually touch on other characters, you know what I mean? Uh, probably they will do that, I don't know. But, uh, I mean, for what was the, the end, I mean, it's it's fitting. It's a fitting end. It's not the perfect end. It didn't, right. I didn't come out of it, like, emotional or moved, I should say, like how I, I was with um with Avengers Endgame. 
But they were there. It. It, it entertained me for one and a half. I got to see characters kick ass. Got some holy shit moments and some, you yeah. know, some, some appropriately dark moments in it. And yeah, it is what it is, man. So, yeah, wise, that's, that's, so go, go on, sorry. Do, um, yeah, no, do that, yeah. It's that it needed a part one to flesh stuff out because I find somebody, again, the, the characters didn't really make sense. Especially Constantine's arc. It's like, yeah. oh, okay, that went from, because like it had a big thing that, he, that happened to him and it happened in the flashback. And we had to see it in the flashback. I was like, no, that should yeah, have yeah. happened. Whatever. Yeah, I, I think it was just there because of the title. Justice League right. Dark. It'll be like, it right. was a marketed thing. So, okay, we play the dark to see people go. It's R-rated. So, we have to bring it to Constantina because, well, he's part of Justice League Dark, right? I guess. No, I don't mind I didn't mind having him be the center of the story. That was fine, you know. That's actually actually a fine choice. Um, It's just... They need to tell that story. We didn't see that story. That's the problem. We need to have yeah, story. Yeah, you're, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Oh, and one more thing. There is a character that is from um, Just League Dark. Um, not one of my favorites, but then again, it's just because I don't really know that much about him. And I thought like how they worked him into the story was, was kind of okay. weird. Yeah, but um, it was okay. It's not my problem. It, it was okay. Like like he he, he got to, to kick ass and do stuff, but it was just like, oh hey. You know what I mean? Let, let's 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 bring this character up. You know what I mean? Because why not, right? And he does his thing, and that was that was it. Like okay, it it, it just kind of came off like um, oh gosh, like like you know like fan service in a sense. You know what I mean? Kind of weird. But yeah, yeah. Uh, other than that, rating wise, uh, like four to five, man. I mean, not the best show I've seen. Let's say that I'm a DC heater and all that. I mean, like I say, I really did enjoy the death to the Superman. But they could have done right. that same two-part or format. They really could have given us, well, sorry to use Egg Game as an example. They could have given us a, a three-hour extravaganza, man. Just make it a two-parter kind of thing and really give us the story, the ending story that um, that we all deserved. You know what I mean? But in this case, we just got, okay, hard R, over-the-top violence. But they got some You're really right. great action and fight scenes and all that kind of stuff. 90-minute film. That's that's kind of what we got, right? So, once again, the same issue we've had with all these films uh, prior. You know, we just try to tell the story in just a, in such a, a short period of time. But the story, it it, it, it all was quite entertaining. I was I was pleased by what it is. I saw the outcome mostly worked. Uh, just that ending needs to tweak it and just emotional impact for it to work. But yeah, imagine if you are diehard fan of these of, of this this particular DC universe, you will you will enjoy it. I guess you'll be moved more than we will. But yeah, I mean it is what it is, man. It's not a, a show that I'll re- remember in the long run. But I do honestly see myself kind of revisiting this again, just maybe because of how kick ass it ultimately was. So yeah, like right. four to five for me. Uh, last one yeah. rated. Yeah, pretty much um, around the same score. I give it. I give this one a. Uh... I want to say a 7 out of 10, but I'll give it an 8 because I thought it did a lot right and it had one moment that just kicked a lot of ass um, involving a certain person with a certain possession scenario. Yes. I thought that was fucking awesome. Anyway, that's it. As I said, the mistake, the mistake, I think the big problem I had was it needed a part one. It really needed a part one. I wanted to see that, see that play out and then we get the part two. But as it was, it was fine. Um, but I, I enjoyed for what it was, and again, I didn't like the ending because I thought where they ended it off, I'd have just changed one small thing, and I would I wouldn't have mind seeing that will continue. That would have been interesting, especially with a certain character relationship happening at the ending. I was like, oh, this is interesting. I want to see this. And 
we didn't get that. That that actually is some new, uh, relatively unexplored DC material. So I wanted to see that, but no, they just you know they didn't do it, <laughs> and they did a thing that I didn't like. So that's about it. Um, yeah, yeah uh, I want to say seven out of ten, but it's closer to eight because it had more kick-ass moments than than. Yeah, give it a seven and a half, man. Come on. Yeah, yeah, some point. I go with that, right? Um, so that, that is it. So that is it. Right. Okay, so with all that being said, Ricardo, where can we find you online? I'm Passat, R-M-A-D-D-Y. That is at R-M-A-D-D-Y on Twitter. And then you can type in Ricardo Medina on Facebook. You'll find me there. On Twitter, you can find me at Bear Beat Bailey. On Instagram, look for Bears Beats and Bailey. On Facebook, just look for my name, Machi Bailey, along with Illegally Black Blog, official fan base, where you find a link to this podcast, as well as the ones that we've done over the past five seasons, including retrospect reviews. And uh, stuff to look forward to, um, Shira and the Princesses of Power, final season. Yeah. I will try to finish this up. Uh, it's kind of long, but uh, if I do get around to finish it up, at least you could, you know, share thoughts on that. Uh, right. We're supposed to be getting Capone, which is this... Tom Hardy, well, you know, Tom Hardy playing, well, Al Capone, right? I, I believe that's what, what it is. Uh, it's right. supposed to be out on VOD, so I'll, I'll I'll see what Mr. Tom Hardy has done, because, I mean, he appeared in some of my favorite films of the last decade, so, I mean, he should be he should be the best thing about that movie, right? Hopefully, if it's good or not. Um, of course, you know, there's the last dance, season one, you know, that's still going strong. I'm, I'm waiting for it to, to wrap up so I can just do this full dive into it. Uh, but yeah, this show has been getting a lot of praise, a lot of buzz, even more more praise and buzz than Tiger King. So I've seen a lot. But yeah, I am excited as hell to just run through uh, this season here. And then last but not least, uh, a show that I was here through the grapevine. I actually didn't see the trailer first as yet, but I really should. Uh, Space Force. That would be the new right. office like right. show yeah. with uh, Steve Carell. So yeah, it looked. Uh, well, you saw the trailer. So so how does it look to you? Yeah. It look okay. It look okay. I want to see. I, I want to get a chance. Yeah, yeah. I, I, well, I mean, Steve Carell. So, I mean, hopefully it should be right. good. It's coming out on Netflix. So, yeah, when it comes out, we'll, we'll definitely check it out. And, yeah, that's pretty much about it. So, once again, guys, good morning, good afternoon, give you a good night, whatever this is. This was Matchmelian. Ricardo Medina. And we're signing off from another episode of Bears Beats and Bailey. So, until the next one, take care, stay safe, peace. <laughs>